0: Welcome to the Filthy Dad Pod, a place where three washed-up dads talk sports to the masses in between wiping asses, and we are your hosts, Ryan, Derek, and Tom, and we want to thank you all for joining us tonight, and I am excited for the opportunity to host another great show with my brothers as we close out Week 10 in the NFL and we look into Week 11. Tonight, we got some game breakdowns, some inter- some uh, interesting quarterback comparisons, a little division versus division debate, our weekly power rankings, fantasy and betting look-aheads, plus back. By popular demand, and by popular demand, I mean my boy cashed you out last week. The Tom Flynn lock of the week. But before we get into all of that, we got to take care of some business. D, who's our sponsor this week?
1: Our sponsor this week is at Penny K. Hair underscore underscore. Ladies, want to get slayed and laid this holiday season? Look no forward than our girl Penny to get you right. Get with her at Penny K hair underscore underscore for all your beautifying needs.
0: Mm. I'm almost ready to go there for some of my Tom. You need any hair uh, stuff done, bro?
2: <laughs>
0: I think I can get you. I might be able to get you a free coupon. <laughs> mm.
1: so just real, real quick. Before Yo, we jump into go. sports, <laughs> before we jump into sports, because we all love sports as we're here for. I just got to share a dad moment because, you know, we are fathers. We are dads. Um, so my son, he's, he tried out for a um, travel basketball team. And, you know, kids, they, they can be sometimes a bit much on the attitude side, you know, stuff like that. But just it's the smallest moments that just make you perish being a parent. So I sent him a mm. picture because I wanted to get him some new ball sneaks. So I sent him a pair of the Giannis freaks, and I sent him some LeBrons. So I said, which ones do you like? I didn't tell him I I was going to get them for him, but I just said, which ones do you like? He said, Dad, I like the LeBrons. Why? Are you going to get them for me? All excited. I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to get them for you, son. And he just the the text, because we were texting back and forth, oh, my gosh, Dad, thank you so much. Like, you don't understand. Like, they look so cool. Like, it was just real cool to, you know, see that. And that, that just makes it worth it being, a um, you know, a father, a parent. For all you parents out there, I know you understand where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I love hearing them stories, bro. One, because I'm a dad and I could relate. Two, because that's my nephew you're talking about. And you get to hear some stories about my guy. We got somebody in the comments. Jeff in the comments, the uh, Cowboy fan. old oh, Jeff. Al's Vig, What's up, bro? He said evening fellas. That is my guy. I'm envious of Jeff. Jeff has my dream job and I'm not saying because he works with pussy. He does work with big cats, though. He he, he works with rescue cats. I'm talking fucking anything you could think of. Cheetahs, lion. Like I'm fucking envious of this dude, bro. He's got my dream job working with some wild animals. If I could, I'd work with like elephants and fucking tigers and shit. I don't know. Probably get mauled because I get too close and comfortable. But uh, so real quick D uh you missed the last episode and I didn't do with the last I think two episodes but I'm gonna bring it back because Tom's pretty good you're pretty good and um I'm gonna ask a question to both of you. it's a little trivia question <clears throat> now this dude came to Philly very short he did some uh he did some shirtless sit-ups in his driveway over in Jersey uh Terrell Owens there were a lot of receivers taken ahead of Terrell Owens in the nineteen ninety six draft. Do you know how many? And can you name me one of them?
2: I want to say four.
0: Okay, Tom. Don't know say, any
2: names. I'm going to say seven.
0: Seven, Tom. If you add the two of your answers together, you get the correct answer: eleven Holy receivers. Shit. I'll give you some: Keyshawn Johnson, Marvin Harrison. Uh-huh. Okay. Amani Amani Tumor Amani Tumor Mushi Muhammad. It's a couple guys that beat up on the Eagles, and then you got guys like Eric Molds. You know, Eric Molds from <laughs> Buffalo. That was my. He was my uh, my Madden guy for for years when I played with Buffalo back when they had. I forget who they had a quarterback. I just bro, always what, remember what, Eric Molds and what, Lee so? Evans. They might have, but them in fucking uh Lee Evans, bro, and they. I think Lee oh, Evans was, was on their teams. Fucking Lee Evans, baby. Just a little <laughs> Lee Evans plug to start this shit off. All right. So, uh, what's up, Brent? Brent out of Chicago. Oh, we got a lot to talk about about your team, Brent. Your uh, everybody thinks that your quarterback is the future MVP, and he's the second coming of Jesus, like I said. But we'll get to that. Um. So the first thing we're gonna jump into is something that I've been I've been looking at all week. I kind of been thinking about all week, um, and it's because I fell victim to it. And I promise I will not easily fall victim to this again. We got the debate between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, right? And Mahomes is the dude. They both started in the same year. They both uh, – 2018 is the year that they both became the starting quarterbacks for their team. Josh was a rookie. Pat is a second-year player. And uh, – They both, man, they're both great quarterbacks. Any team would be lucky to have them. Just three weeks ago, Josh Allen was floating above earth. Everybody was a Josh Allen fan. He was the greatest thing since sliced bread. The dude could do no wrong, right? And it seemed like he was starting to get some love this, this season, at least, over Mahomes, like when people were talking about the best quarterback in the league, MVP, all this, it was Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. And now, with a couple of bad weeks and some really the injury, but he even looked okay throughout the injury. But after a couple of bad weeks, it kind of looks like he's leading the league in interceptions. He's causing his team to lose games in crucial moments. And it kind of, you know, it, it feels like he crashed, like he crashed back to earth. I mean, he's still above Earth floating because he's still a really good fucking player, but um, and he can be argued as one of the best quarterbacks. But I don't know if he's the best because Mahomes has been that dude since he walked in the league in 2018 and set the league on fire with 50 touchdowns, won a Super Bowl, has been back to a couple, and and he, you know, Mahomes is just that dude. In 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 this whole battle since 2018 between the two, Mahomes has two more games than Josh Allen. Right. Patrick Mahomes has a 54 and 14 record, while Josh Allen has a 43 and 22 record. Mahomes has four thousand six hundred and twenty four more passing yards than Josh uh, than Josh Allen in just two games. He has forty nine more passing touchdowns and eleven less interceptions. So if you take just those two games that Mahomes has more than Josh Allen in his career, that's a fucking MVP season. You're talking almost five thousand yards, forty nine touchdowns. That's an MVP season. At least this year, it's going to be an MVP season. It's one one touchdown short of what he did in twenty eighteen when he won the MVP. Now Josh Josh does a lot more on the ground. Thirty five more rushing touchdowns, and that can't be ignored. Um, and he has almost thirteen hundred more rushing yards. They're both great quarterbacks, head to head. Mahomes is up three to two. Um, and when it comes down to playoffs, when it really matters, we just seen we just seen what happened last year in the AFC uh, in the divisional round. I think that was yeah the divisional round. And um so he got the he got the head in the play in playoffs too. Plus Mahomes has an 8 and 3 record in the playoffs versus Josh Allen at 3 and 3. So I'm giving I'm giving my nod as the best quarterback in the league to the dude that's been doing it for 5 years, Pat Mahomes. That's just my vote. Uh who do we got who who got, you know, who who do you guys got?
1: Um yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no awesome. question about it. It's Patrick Mahomes. And w- what's crazy to me was when I used to watch – I mean, I used to watch a ton of college, um, and I used to watch Patty Mahomes a lot. And I, I used mm-hmm. to always see he had this, like, uncoordinated play, like, type of play. Like, he was never, like, a coordinated, you know, stay in the pocket. Rock, like, the way he played was just very, like, unorthodox.
3: Mm-hmm. It
1: was very unorthodox. But he could sling the rock. Like, I mean – I remember one time, I think he threw, like, a 75-yard touchdown on, like, a last-minute drive type thing. And I was like, all right, like, is this guy, like, the real deal? Or is he just, like, out there playing schoolyard football? Like, because you, you don't think that schoolyard football can translate to the NFL. But he's making it, like, I mean, some of the plays he makes is ridiculous. But, I, you know, I'm going to put respect on Mahomes' name. But we got to put respect on Big Red. And I'm talking about Andy <laughs> Reid. Because okay. if you if you go back, Alex Smith was doing work with the Chiefs. If you don't remember that season, he was taking them to the playoffs. He was doing his thing, and still, Andy Reid drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round. He did. He did. So he's seen something that not a lot of people seen, and he got it. He got a Hall of Fame quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, so nah.
2: my thing is is. To piggyback off of Derek with college, not many fucking – what am I trying to say here? So, he come – Texas Tech. He came came from uh, Texas Tech, like I said. He comes out of the Big 12 Conference. And everybody knows Big 12 Conference doesn't play defense. I mean, there's only one conference that plays defense. It's SEC and a couple teams in ACC. That's it. I mean, guys like – I mean, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Okie State. All them guys, none of them play defense. So watching Mahomes go from an NFL, going from college where defense doesn't exist, to coming to the NFL and not literally not not knowing how to read a defense, to learning how to read a defense and to be effective as he is and already winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he's the clear-cut best quarterback in the NFL. And
1: and, right, and so. I have to
2: discount Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen is a mm-hmm. great quarterback,
1: but just Patrick Mahomes is like he's like elite. Like I would just yeah. put it like, I would put like Patrick Mahomes at the top of everybody, and then start another tier. Like that's how that's how elite he is.
0: I agree, and and yeah, it, we're not trying to throw no slander on Josh Allen. I think he's a great quarterback. In fact, I think with the exception of Jalen Hurts, he's probably my he's probably my favorite quarterback in the league besides besides Jalen. And uh he's my Madden quarterback. He's, he's
1: been might be right there though.
0: See, I'm not, I'm not a Tua guy. I love what Tua's is doing. I love what he's doing, um, but you give me one or you give me one or the other, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Now this year, Tua, I can't say too much bad about Tua. He is, he's, he's doing what nobody expected him to do. He's got a great receiving core around him, but he plays a big part in in, in making that thing go. It's not just because he's got speed. We've seen teams with speed before that just can't do nothing with it. So Tua, Tua is Tua's coming into his own, and I definitely and, and I respect just- what he's doing.
1: And, and that's another thing I just want to touch on. Patrick Mahomes, I, I'm going to be honest. Tom knows that I'm, I'm kind of a Debbie Downer guy when it comes to quarterbacks, uh, i.e. Tom Brady. I always say he's going to decline. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Patrick Mahomes would regress. I seriously thought that. Losing Tyree Kill, one of probably the fastest running, you know, I mean, wide receiver in the league, I thought he was mm-hmm. definitely going to regress. But he's doing it, you know. I mean, Juju's not having a crazy season. Um he just got, you know, Kadarius, who, you know, who, it'll help him out. But, I mean, Micho, uh, Car um, Miko Hardman, he's been banged up this season. And he's still mm-hmm. throwing 350, 400 yards a game. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mentioned last week. I like. I like. I think the Juju signing is is very underrated because they have they for so long they've been that team that's that's got the you know they got Travis Kelsey across the middle that could beat anybody up for real for real. But then on the outside they had speed. They had you know um, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, and and they've always kind of brought in that bigger body receiver to try to to try to give a little bit of size. They brought in uh, Sammy Watkins. Um, who else? There was another guy that I that I had, had pinned, but I, I forgot his name. But what I'm trying to get at is, is they added him. He's a bigger body. He's not afraid to go across the middle. Uh he's he's he can handle going across the middle. He's not fragile, he's a big dude, and, and he he eats across the middle with them. He's given them that second option. Before it was all right, guard the guard the fast stuff, guard the outsides, don't let these little dudes beat us. And then the inside we got to contain just Kelsey, right? To right? Where now it's no. You can't just contain Kelsey on the inside because here comes Juju across your face, and now you got a broken zone. And there goes Juju up the side for 20 30 yards, and they add up. Right. And then when you get that, then the defense is going to cheat and start looking at Juju. And then that's when that beast Travis Kelsey eats. And then when you look at both of them, that's when the dudes underneath and Clyde Edwards, Alaire, McKinnon, and Pacheco that's when they that's where that offense is so broader dangerous. I, I've said it before, I don't want them to get Odell. Uh, that's something that you guys have been have been talking back and forth about this week is is where Odell's going to go, and Tom had called it from the beginning. I, I I can't take that away from him. He said before it was linked. I think that the Chiefs were even involved. He had said that he that he thought uh, Odell was going to go to the Chiefs, and I don't know. I, you obviously make room for Odell, but that would be that would be a little while.
2: I mean, he Odell instantly becomes the number one receiver. I would assume. I mean, I don't know with I don't know how is Juju out. Is Juju out this week?
0: Uh I don't think so. I'll check it. Didn't he get he
2: didn't he get lit? He got lit up last week and he was like knocked out cold on the field, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he hasn't practiced. Um
2: I mean depending on what Odell shows up, we don't know what he can do after his injury. But I mean what other, all right. Other than Travis Kelsey, Odell automatically becomes let's just say the number two receiver if you're gonna consider Travis Kelsey as number one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, but we I don't also really don't know. we also don't know what steel is in so no, I I yeah still... I'm, I'm assuming that he's fully healthy he's ready to go he took the, he took the amount of time that he needed to get healthy to get to get ready to, to work out like what he's doing I mean if you see all of his videos he's working out he looks good but I guess that I mean it, it's different than when you're going on a field and you're getting hit by other grown men at full speed it's a whole different game mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean he hasn't been hit since the Super Bowl last year. And even when he got hurt, it was a non-contact injury. So
0: Yeah, he um but he he's he's I think no matter the version of Odell you get, he's a game changer. And sure. yeah. they that's something that as good as that offense is, they're kind of lacking that explosion. And I don't know if Odell's the beat you over the top guy anymore, but he's his route running. He's a technical route runner, he got hands out this world. Uh, I do You know, division hate aside, I would like to see him go back to the Giants. Um, Simply because I think I think that puts them that that legitimizes them. I think that gives them that offensive weapon. Dude, did you see D? We were watching it together. Did you see the Kenny Galladay drop?
1: Yeah, that was he doesn't want to be there, and I think you had mentioned that it was like it wasn't even thrown behind him, and even if it was, it was probably like an inch. He just blatantly dropped it.
0: Bro, he's he's like I think he's completely checked out. It's like he got his money, and then he, the the New York media killed him, and everybody's been getting on him, and he's just crumbled.
2: Um, listen, he just so, wanted to get out. Of, his main goal was to get out of out of Detroit, just like everybody's main goal is.
0: And now he wants to get out of New York. Is there a team where he wants to play, or is he the NFL's Ben Simmons? I don't
2: know. Listen, all nobody could be the NFL ben, ben Simmons. He's ben Simmons is going to be out of the NBA in a couple years.
0: How about Brooklyn? Uh, dude, I've been reading that all day. Brooklyn don't fuck with Ben pretty much is what I'm hearing. Wow. <laughs> I don't mean to kick a man when he's down. I'm
2: hearing KD wants
1: out. Kyrie's about I mean, KD, KD basically told the media, do you expect me to win with Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons? That, <laughs> that yeah. was crazy. That, that was vicious.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was vicious. KD, KD pulled no strings. All right, so – Let's close out week 10. All right. Uh, Week 10, we had the only games that we didn't get to go over was the Sunday night game because it was actually on while we were live. And then the Monday night game, which was a heartbreaker to us. Um, But let's jump into that Sunday night game real quick. Now, right before the game or right before we went off, Derek had put us all to a little a little question. And he had asked us uh, which team we thought we were going to win. And at the time, the Chargers were ahead. The Chargers were winning. And uh, Seven points, Thomas, by seven points. By seven points, and I (laughs) took the 49ers, and then Derek took the 49ers, and then Sir Thomas James Flynn, lover of the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly known San Diego Chargers, um, he took the Chargers to win. And, Tom, honestly, I want to ask you what happened to your boys. They were winning, and now you got a loss.
2: All I'm going to say is injuries. Injuries.
0: (laughs) Injuries. That's all you got to say, D. You got anything Listen, to I, say about? T- Go ahead, Tom.
2: I, your, boy, I was, your boy Joshua Palmer fucking stinks. Stop
0: it. Go ahead, D. Listen, I, I,
1: I get I get up early, so I didn't. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I didn't watch the game. I mean, as soon as we got off the the podcast, I was actually kind of really tired, so I just went to sleep. But when I woke up, I was like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> I was like, wait did we give it to Tom. Because we were down. We basically took a, a bet, you know, to cover seven points. We and they were underdog. That would
0: have been a nice payout. We should have trusted our gut. That, and what, That would have been a
1: nice payout.
0: You're absolutely
1: right. And and You Ryan are right. Just put, that, that just puts into perspective. Plug in Aaron Rodgers won the San Francisco 49ers.
0: Bro, they won that game with Jimmy holding them back.
1: I think I, guess I think it, that they're I think they're a top four team at least.
0: Top four. Listen, we're gonna get into it in the power rankings, but um
1: I'm a, I'm gonna let you know a little spoiler alert. They made my my power rankings.
0: They made mine too, and they remain in Tom's. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so before the Eagles lost on Monday Night Football, there was this that, that undefeated record gives you a solid shell, right? You're you gotta you gotta A pierce resistant shell around you. Nobody could talk shit. Nobody could say a fucking word. Um, And now we'll get into it next. But now that that shell has been cracked and the 49ers are the squad that I am most concerned about in the NFC. And I I have a breakdown later. I don't want to get too much into it, but I've been saying I wouldn't put them in my power rankings last week. I wasn't like Tom. Uh, Tom was a little bit ahead of the curve, and I had even said to Tom in a conversation, "I know they're going to be there. They're going to get to my power rankings." I have Tom don't have them going to the NFC Championship. I do. I think that they're that good, and I just needed to see them win some games. They won this game. I'll give you another spoiler alert: alert. they didn't go up too much, but they did crack the top ten. Now they win a co- They win the next game, and the next game, they're going to slowly creep into the top five. But there was an interesting there was an interesting thing that I caught just a little you know i play madden a lot so i i'm a head coach of a virtual football team so i know what the fuck i'm talking about when it comes to clock management and score management better than the nfl guys because i play madden i just wanted to preface it with that <laughs> but the chargers they punt it down to the 1 yard line right R- late in the fourth and i remember in real time watching the dude catch it and he kind of started swaying backwards he never really set his feet and he nearly came to a complete stop before being pushed into the end zone by his celebrating teammates. They, they went to hug him and he kind of fell into the end zone and the refs said that he had downed it at the one, even though he called it was immediately kind of rolling backwards and never stopped his motion. That was one that I felt like they should at least maybe take a look at um, but they didn't. They let it go. And, and, and they even mentioned it on the broadcast, you know, the same thing kind of, I was thinking, but that's huge, man. That that puts LA on a one, right now they're on a the one-yard line and they got to go 99 yards to win the, to to potentially tie the game. But instead, they wind up turning it over on downs inside the 10, and San Fran gets the ball back with a chance to score a touchdown and put the game away. Now, this is the issue that I had with what San Fran did. LA had one time ta- had one time left on a on a third and goal. Elijah Mitchell gets the ball and kind of as soon as he gets towards the crowd, he kind of gives himself up. On a play where it looks like he he might be able to fight and get into the end zone. And I understand wanting to force them to take the last time out there. But that still leaves Justin Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks in the game, regardless of his receiver situation. It leaves him a minute to go down the field where now a touchdown and an extra point beats you. You're no longer in control because now you you open the door. And I know I'm creating a situation that didn't happen but it has happened and it's really not that uncommon. How many times do we see great quarterbacks get the ball with a minute left and they drive the length of the field to throw the game winning touchdown, right? Just think maybe if he has if if one of his receivers make a play, that's an entirely different game. I think that and, and I think that in that situation you try to get the ball into the end zone there. You take that two score lead and Herbert he, who now he would have kept that one timeout, but now now he has one timeout with a minute left to score twice. And honestly, if you're asking me, I'd rather this dude have to beat me twice. I'd rather concede. I'm not conceding that touchdown there. I'm taking. I'm going for it, trying to push it and go up ten points. And now this dude has a minute with one touch with one timeout left. And now you got to beat me twice. And and I don't get it. I don't get it. I thought it was a bad decision, but but maybe those dude the the coaches uh, Shanahan and in San Fran. Maybe he knows a little bit better than me because he does have. A beast of a defense, a defense that that has shut down pretty much underrated. everyone they play. It underrated is is an understatement. They yeah. they are a top five, maybe top three defense. They are complete everywhere. So I feel like where I feel like they should have punched it into the end zone. This dude said, even even if you go for it there and you don't get it, they got to go ninety nine yards to get three points with no timeouts with a minute left. Now, instead. You, you give them the ball back at the 25-yard line. Now, Herbert throws a pick, whatever, but hindsight, I mean, dude, we've seen that shit happen a million times, and I just feel like San Fran opened themselves up, you know, for for a potential chance at a, at a heartbreaker there. But that back to that defense real quick, and I'll pass it off. The defense is, man, they stood strong. They stayed true, and they showed that they are just as dominating as that offense, um, as the offense could be at times. And like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it. Watch out for San Fran. They are dangerous. I think that they are a team that could fuck around. They look like – I know they're only five and four, but there's just something about that game. I went back and watched it, and it wasn't a pretty game. It was an ugly game, but they look good. They look good. I'm sold on them.
2: I mean, I'm definitely sold yeah. on the defense. Listen, I'm, I'm sold on the offense too.
1: We, we can't act like uh, you know teams haven't won Super Bowls with game managers. I mean – that's all Jimmy G is. He's a game manager. So, I mean, mm-hmm. can they get hot at the right time? Can he, you know, get get the, the pass going a little bit? If he could do that, I mean, anything is possible for that team. Because, again, yeah. defense wins championships. You're right. You got to score points. Yeah, so, if, if the Super Bowl 7 nothing and their defense just holds, I mean, when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl, a matter of fact, when it was Ravens 49ers, it wasn't mm-hmm. the offenses that took them to the Super Bowl. It was their defenses. I mean, look and,
0: and then in the this... Rams, yeah, same thing. Another. So, so another thing is in that Super Bowl, it was the lights. <laughs> it was the fucking lights. I we were at we were at your mom's house when we were watching that yeah, game. Was, yeah, that
1: was that was the most bizarre thing. What that was the same time they took the safety too, right? That was the Super Bowl. I remember somebody uh, won, won the that... the, Super Bowl, the Super Bowl block because. They took a safety. It was like was crazy.
2: That, I know I know in that Denver in that Denver Seattle Super Bowl, didn't the game open up with a safety or some bullshit like
0: it, that?
1: Yeah, but I think the Ravens took a safety that, at the end of the game.
0: That was at Derek's house too. We watched all these Super Bowls at Derek's house because yeah, I was a, I was yeah. a huge Peyton fan. Because no, and, I remember
2: I remember me and Derek, we looked up the odds on like what would it, like the odds of the Super Bowl, like the first points being scored uh, being like, yeah, yeah. a safety or something. I'm not mistaken, it was Bob Miller that, that got the sack.
0: No, it was um, it was Seattle got the safety. Seattle. They snapped the ball over Peyton's, oh, yeah, yeah. All over Peyton's right. head, and exactly. it went right into yeah, the end zone. Yeah, yeah. I know. I still feel that 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 still hurts <laughs> my soul. Nah, but um, just, just
1: like in fantasy, me. when Peyton threw like five interceptions, and I and I went to the bro. <laughs>
0: That was against that was against John Jacoby. That was against really,
2: our. I remember that day like it was yesterday.
0: Th- me too. I lived in the apartment on Harbison Ave. I was winning. I was about to go to another fucking championship. I desperately needed that money. And Peyton Manning was playing the fucking Cincinnati Bengals, and he had thrown a couple. Like he got me enough points. I was winning by five, and there was like, D, how much time was left, bro?
3: There had to be like, eight like, like day, eight, like eight minutes like or some left. shit. Yeah.
0: And then, and then I was down. I was up by three with like three minutes left, and I said to D, I was like, "He just needs to not throw two interceptions in the rest of this game." And they were winning. They were fucking winning. And this motherfucker threw threw, two interceptions. Bro, he threw two. Or no, maybe they were losing and they were trying to get back. They were. They were losing.
1: They were losing because he threw. That was like I think that was the worst
2: day, uh, the worst game of his career. I
0: he remember threw one, five picks.
1: The last interception. Picks.
2: I remember it being right on the sideline. Like it was a great catch. If I'm not mistaken, was it Pac-Man Jones I called it? Yep. Yeah, probably. I remember it because I'm like, I'm looking at him like the rise up by one. I'm like, the only thing that, that fucking Manning can't do is fumble the ball or throw an interception. And I he threw a pass on the sideline. And I don't know how the fuck Pac-Man Jones caught this and got his feet. And I remember it. It was insane. I'm Dude. My jaw dropped. I'm like, there's no way Ryan just lost by one point. Because Thou- of a,
0: like a like thousand something dollars for that bullshit, man. I was sick to my stomach, bro. <sighs> Almost as sick to my stomach as I was Monday night watching our boys get absolutely fucking bullied. They got bullied. They got fucked each and every way by the redskins i mean the commanders um the refs i'm not going to get on the refs but the refs weren't the best i'll just say that um and they got the injury bug dallas goes down and and that's a big injury for us right now um and washington man as much as i want to talk about how bad the eagles were i got to talk about how how good the 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 foreskins were they fucking they controlled time of possession they uh they ran the ball, and and you've seen the Eagles address that immediately, going out and signing Sue and fucking um Linville Joseph, and and it's the NFC East, bro. We the the the, the Commanders are a half game out of the seventh uh, playoff spot, the, the, the third wild card spot, and um the NFC East is looking like the best the best division of football. But we'll get into that. What do you guys What do you guys got on the Monday Night Football game? I only have two things.
1: Um, congratulations to Ron, Ron, uh, Ron Rivera. He coached a hell of a game. Just like I, mean, yeah. I I said it, run the rock, manage the clock, and I guess he must have listened to the pod last weekend because uh, he did exactly that. And the other they thing did. I'm going to say is you can see the difference. This team is actually playing Heineke. Like They're actually playing for this kid. When Carson was for in Heineke. there, it, it, yeah, for Heineke. When Carson was in there, I just didn't feel that same thing. Like I do not even think. That, did what did Heineke get sacked? Maybe twice.
0: Yeah, they like him. Yeah, they like. That, that, that makes
1: you question what what type of locker room player you know, what type of locker room guy is Carson? You no, know?
0: I, I don't question. Good.
1: And they and they roll. They're rolling. I think they're gonna roll with Heineke the rest of the season.
2: They should.
0: They did. They said he's starting the next game. And um, I think that they should, Tom.
2: All I want to say is 67,000 people were disappointed.
0: Yes. I'm so glad I didn't sit out in that cold for that.
2: 7,000 people watched a horrible fucking game plan on both sides of the ball. I mean, Nick, act like the run game didn't exist.
3: Mm.
2: Like – in the first half, what do we run the ball three times? Yeah, time possession was. was second half, we, second half we started running the ball, and what happens? It's effective, mm-hmm. and I'm not one that's going to blame the refs too much because I understand they missed that blade. Just like Jason Kelsey said, there was no penalty. There, that face, that face man, there wasn't no face mask on that play because the ref didn't throw the flag. There was no flag on that play.
0: Fuck that.
2: It was a face mask. It was 100% a face mask. We all know that, but that face mask isn't the reason why Dallas fumbled that ball.
0: It's the reason why he got fucked. It is the reason he fumbled the ball.
2: He still needs to hold on to that ball. Dog, his
0: face is getting ripped to the side as he's being pulled down. Tom, let me put a fucking helmet on your head and rip your face and let us punch at the ball. I'm still
2: going going to fall down with the ball.
0: There's no no way.
2: way. Not not the way he got pulled down, dude. And, that, got and that, that face mask, got, uh, that face mask didn't help. I guess that face mask caused Quiz Watkins to fumble the ball.
0: No, that no, was no, on he Quest. Just, he
2: just fumbled. The point is, is that that ball Dallas got it. Nobody touched the ball, he literally just dropped it. So, yeah, real Tom, quick, you're
1: getting yanked with your momentum. If you're getting yanked down,
2: yeah, I, one number of, one, I mean, he I already... one every day though. I, I could show you multiple videos of worse face masks right now. And no fumbles happen,
0: okay. I think you're missing the main point of that fucking face mask call because that face mask call automatically wipes out the fumble, so there is no fumble. Sure. The fumble should Okay, so then so then it doesn't happen. So then there what was we're no arguing arguing. The ref didn't throw the flag. You're right. You're hundred percent right, Jason. Thank you. All right,
1: so I have a question for you both then, since we're just on the topic of referees and I mean we talking talk about this all day. We didn't get this call, but sometimes calls favor us. So are you in favor of bringing back that challenging
2: penalties? Yeah, but I thought you were only able to challenge a pass interference call, not a face mask call.
1: Just, I'm just saying in general on a crucial play like that, are you for challenging penalties or not?
2: It's, I mean, I,
3: that's
1: I'm hard. not
2: against it, but it's going to take up a lot of time because they, they,
1: they challenged they challenged the fumble. It took, it would have took the same amount of time.
2: No, but you're saying that you could say every single play. Is a crucial now, play. Yeah, I understand that, but what I'm
1: saying, is you only get three challenges. So teams get three challenges regardless. So what is the difference from a challenge of a fumble and a face mask? You don't you don't think that challenge would have took two minutes to decide, maybe less?
2: Listen, the the ref, when they were challenging the fumble regardless, the ref had to be like, damn, I really fucked up.
1: I know, and so that's that's why
2: right. he had to watch that face mask multiple times and be like how the fuck did I not see that? Or, damn, I really did see that, and I just ate the fucking flag. Fuck the Eagles. Right, but
1: that, but that's why I'm asking you: Are you in favor of it? You're saying yeah. it would take too much time, but it wouldn't. So you, you're okay with that? Remember, it has to go. It's going to be against your team too. Yeah, sure.
0: Okay. So How about I, you, I think that I'm very pissed off about that fucking about that whole ordeal. I think that. Now, I get what Tom's saying, where everything... At that point, you have to fucking review everything. But I feel like, one, it was a turnover. All turnovers should be reviewed. And if there's something that blatant that causes the turnover... that Because if if Jalen Hurts throws it downfield, and who are we playing? Washington or corner? I don't know. One of their corners fucking jumps on A.J. Brown's back and tips it in the air. And his defender, his teammate, catches it and runs it for a touchdown. The pass interference negates it. So... I feel like it should have been reviewed because it was a it was a turnover, um, and when it when that circumstances like that, you have to it has to be judgment on the refs at that point. Yo, we pay you all this money. Judge this play. Did that directly cause him to lose the ball? And if so, then if not. If he's if it's a face mask after the play after the fact, then you just move them back fifteen yards. But I mean, that was cr- pretty fucking clear. As the hand goes on the face mask, the ball is secured. As the hand turns, the ball starts to come loose. After the ha- the head is being yanked a different way, like that shit. That shit. I don't know. I think they need to. I don't want to re- get into a thing where you review every play, but that was such a crucial play. Maybe there's a time limit inside five minutes. Uh, They can review this or review that. Or maybe they don't have the fucking refs go to these sets. You can't tell me. Dude, most of these replays that go up, they got such great fucking technology and these crazy cameras and views now that it's like we know the answer for most of these within 10 seconds of looking at it. I understand that they got to get the clock right. They got to get this right. but Why don't they have someone up in the fucking booth? that's like, all right, we have the time and down and distance. We'll put it up on the clock. Reps, you adjust your shit. Boom, done. And then somebody else in New York that's just calling plays. All right, real quick. Boom, that comes across. 30 seconds in and out. All right, it's a fumble. Go. Like, you guys, you're the NFL. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But somehow we're letting plays like this dictate outcomes of games. But, But again,
2: you're, you're talking about you get three challenges, whether you're challenging an offensive play or a defensive play, correct? Right. Like you're not talking so, about you get so like three challenges total. Whether you're challenging, you're challenging the spot or you're challenging a fumble. I'm, I'm
1: just saying that the the three challenges that you normally get, whether it's anything, it's still going to take the same amount of time as if you challenge per se. Well, you only
2: get two challenges, and then you get a third one if you win. Oh, same thing. Two challenges. That, that's what I'm. Mean. I'm thinking I'm cool. Of time now. I'm cool with even giving a third challenge. That's it. Yeah, you
0: know, I mean. I don't know if a third. If you can't review penalties, then what the fuck's the point of giving a third challenge?
2: Listen, I,
1: I hate. I don't. I hate to, you know, blame refs, but that was a crucial play by the referees because we were driving. There was momentum. There, yeah. there was. There, there was. was a ton of momentum.
0: And it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Um, real quick, Tom, Sean, in the comments, lock of the week better be Ravens over the Panthers. You may actually get one right, Tom. And then Dylan responded, do you really want him jinxing the Ravens? So, you think about jinxing the Ravens this week?
2: I'm not saying shit.
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, Eagles fall. It's their first loss of the season. Um, are they still the NFC favorite? Yes. D. All right. I but, think so. But yeah.
1: I, I, you know, I, I'm previewing. Well, I'm, I'll be the lead of their preview, so I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later. But they're, they're still, they're, they're still the favorite. All
0: right. Yeah, I, I, feel like they are, but I feel like the gap that I thought they had is now gone. Right. That's that's. I'm in the same that, boat. That shell has been cracked. All right. So Correct. let's jump. Let's jump to some Week 11 games. And uh, what I, the one I want to start, and we're going to do it a little bit different this week. Each each is going to take their games, and and at the end of our pre our breakdowns, we're going to pick which team we win, and that's going to be our picks of the week, and we're going to track them. Right now, Derek has a three and one record, Ryan has a three and one record, and Tom has a two and two record because he picked the Chargers. Boo, Tom! <clears throat> All right,
2: I so want it on re- I want it on record that last week I took teams with the spread on like YouTube bums, and, and I
0: mean, like, my even was
2: still pretty good.
0: Yeah, even even if you went straight
2: and up, and I lost with the Bills,
0: dude. I picked the fucking Steelers. I picked the Steelers were I one picked,
2: point favorites.
0: It's the Steelers. Kenny Pickett has tiny hands. Who's picking they,
2: him? They were favorites.
0: Mike Fior says, without question, they, the Philadelphia Eagles, without question, they are the favorite. But there is more than one team that could vie for the mantle. I agree. I do agree. Like I said earlier, the 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 indestructible fucking shell on our back has been pierced. All right, Bears, Falcons, and the and let me let me say this right. I uh, duh Bears are heading to ATL to battle the Dirty Birds and Marcus Mariota. Marcus Flynn Mariota is looking for a chance to rebound after a bad performance last week, highlighted by a boneheaded decision that a, a really boneheaded decision. Uh, one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen. Um. That led to a pick amongst a bunch of other just really bad football plays. I don't think he could have had a, could have had a worse game, and he has to have heard the chatter this week. Uh, as it continues to grow louder with fans starting to talk more and more about rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter. So, I've been thinking all week, could the Falcons be moving towards backtracking their decision to hold Ritter out till next year? Um, or is it something to where we, you know, can we see him coming this year, or are they going to stick with, with Mariota? And then... Um, on the other side, that boy Justin Fields is on an absolute tear as of late, and the Bears, man, are just hoping that all this production that he has will eventually lead to a win in one of these games. I mean, he's been lights out in a rushing attack, and he's currently sixth in the league. Yo, he's, current- he's sixth Sixth in the league in rushing yards, and he's a quarterback, so, so he's sixth amongst everyone. As a quarterback and and his quarterback play has gotten better as of late. So I killed him for that the last couple of weeks. I want to I want to make sure that I give him the same energy on the opposite side because he's looking better. Um, he's looking like a future star and I still want to see more. And um, I understand that Chicago might realize that they don't have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl this year. But I do think that a, a picker, a spot or two might have to be sacrificed um in exchange for justin fields closing out one of these games because i think that that experience that he will get from that leading the team to the win, that's like a rally cry like i think that they i think that that team will build around him and you've seen it with Jalen last year it can carry into the next year and they have a whole lot of cap they have a great chance at a top five pick and the, the future is looking a lot better in chicago than it's looked you know previously but I think that, like I said, I think I think he needs to to close one of these games out and and start winning. Both of these teams coming into this game, they're relying heavily on a ground attack uh, on offense. we had two of the highest run usage teams in the league? going against less than stellar rush defenses. Atlanta has a four-headed monster going for them this year, while Chicago's coming into this game without running back Khalil Herbert, who will miss at least the next four games with a hip injury that landed him on the IR this week. I actually think it was yesterday. Um, The key to this game is going to really be which offense can have a safe and effective passing attack to go along with that rushing attack that we know they're both going to have. And uh, defensively, it's going to be which team can slow down the other team's rush attack. So, for Atlanta, my player to watch is going to be Marcus Mariota, and the reason being is if he loses this game, it will be his third straight, and four of his last five games will be losses with that one win that he has, and and D, this is all like very close after I told you I thought they were going to make the playoffs. Um, That one win that he does have is the one that the Panthers just continued to just give to him. They couldn't win it. They couldn't close it out with the penalties and the field goals, Um, but... Listen, the outside noises are going to grow louder, no matter how many times Arthur Smith tells them there's no situation. There's going to be a situation. And on the other side, Chicago's player to watch is going to be Justin Fields. He's the most exciting young quarterback in the in the league over the last four weeks, and he just continues to shine individually. But again, he needs to figure out how how a way to convert these big games into wins. And once he does that, I'm gonna go on record right here right now and say, look out, league. This is this is a great chance for him. To get a really, to my, in my opinion, for his career – not his career, that's a little dramatic, but to upstart his career and, and, and get him ready, get him used to winning. I think this is a big game, and I think they're going to win this one. I got the Bears winning
2: 29-27. So, I do think, uh, I do think the Bears win, but to, big, to piggyback off your Ritter comment, what is Ritter learning from Mariota sitting on the bench, honestly?
0: What not to do in an NFL game? (laughs) That you don't When you're being dragged to the ground And you're almost laying on the ground Don't try to throw the ball up These are NFL players Not fucking college players They're going to make the play I think that's what he's learning
2: There you go But I do agree with I don't know if Ritter's the guy Uh, I hope he is Um, I mean he was still questionable In college But listen Atlanta took a gamble on him Mm -hmm. Um, High risk Low, uh, low risk, high reward? Yeah. So, but ju- talk about Justin Fields, dude. He's one guy that I thought was going to come out of college, and if I'm being completely honest with you, be a complete bust. A complete mm. bust. And that was because, I mean, going to Chicago, Chicago's in a complete rebuild season. I didn't know if Justin Fields was going to be able to handle that himself. But... I mean, picking up Chase Claypool, I mean, I'm not sure what, I'm not 100% positive what his stats are in Chicago, but I do know he helps spread the field. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I don't think, is a number one receiver. So we're going to have to see what they can do in the offseason. I mean, getting rid of two of your best defenders in uh, Roquan Smith and uh, Robert Quinn. So, like you said, they can get a top five pick, and I think that's the way they should go. But this is the NFL, so it's too. It's, it's ain't like the NBA where you just lose games on purpose. You mm-hmm. play to win every game because playing to win every game is only going to make you better. It's only going to build you chemistry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, I mean, Justin Fields, get the chemistry in with uh the tight end is a cold Kmet. Colt Kmet. Ball out. Get the chemistry with him. I don't know if Darnell Mooney's is going to be out there long. Get the chemistry with him. I mean, they traded for Chase Claypool, so I'm assuming he's going to be there for a few years. Chicago in a couple years, like you said, could be. Back on, back on track and pretty goddamn good.
0: I agree. I agree, D.
2: Uh, all I'm going to say about uh,
1: Justin Fields is he's leading his team in rushing yards.
3: <laughs> he, hmm.
1: ha- he has half the amount of rushing yards as he has passing yards. Oof. So – Is is he liable to be, you know, in that top five, top seven quarterback, you know, best quarterback range? He has the tools, he just doesn't have the people around him to be that. And I mean they got Claypool. Hopefully, you know, he can get going. Because it'd be nice to see him get going. I mean, he wasn't a bad receiver in, in Pittsburgh. But going back to the Atlanta Falcons and Ritter. Mm-hmm. That you're probably not going to win that division with Tom Brady in your division. Okay. So I mean, at this point, you you kind of know what Mariota is. You you already know yeah. what he is. You you saw you know you basically know what he can give. you. So yeah. why not? And I know and I know teams are especially with quarterbacks that are drafted later in rounds and not you know like you know high profile quarterbacks. They try to you know give them a little bit of time off and. Get them a little bit more developed, but I say you throw Ritter to the wolves. You see how he does, because yeah. again, he's not learned anything from Mario. The only thing, like you said, the only thing he's learned is what not to do. So if yeah. I'm the Falcons, I throw him Ritter, try to get him to build chemistry with these young receivers because they have good receivers. Um, you know, try to get him to you know build that that rapport and, and the chemistry. So next year they they have a chance because if, if Quite frankly, the NFC South is one of those divisions that's kind of like open. Like, you know, anybody can kind of step up and get that momentum going and take the division. Because it's it's not like a crazy division where there's like a juggernaut team where it's like, all right, we're not going to catch anything. It's it's a division where, okay, we can't even make the wild card with our records, so let's try to win the division. And I feel like the Falcons are right there. You have Tom Brady kind of kicking the curb, the Panthers don't know what the hell they're going to do. The, mm-hmm. the Saints are in the same boat. They're all in the same boat kind of right now, if you think about it. Except for the Buccaneers, they have to the go, whatever. But once he leaves, it's kind of season. So I understand, you know, Kyle Trask has learned under under, you know, Brady and everything, but we don't know what he is. So why not get Ritter in there? Unless, unless they have a different plan of, of signing somebody. Like, it'd be nice to see Lamar Jackson go there, honestly. But... You know, to see, okay, maybe Ritter can get it done for us. Maybe he can't. Because if not, you got to look for a new quarterback. You're, you're yeah. not doing anything with Mariota. So, I mean, again, Justin Fields, do I think he's going to be in the league for years to come? Yes. Because he, he, he has a nice arm, too. He, he just doesn't have the legs. But the legs are a bonus. Because now every yeah. team is afraid of, you know, you running, running 200, you know, 150 50 yards a game. On them. So that opens up the pass. That opens up play action. That opens up, you know, different uh, avenues. And I'm just like you. I have the Bears winning this game 27-17.
0: 27-17. Tom, this won't go on your official record, but who do you got winning?
2: The Bears.
0: The Bears. The Bears. 31-24. And because all three of us went on Chicago, it looks like the Atlanta Falcons are going to win. Hey, um... The Sun, the Sunday, it's not Sunday, it's Thursday. Thursday night football, the Titans are up 7 nothing. Tannehill hit Hilliard out the backfield. And it is snowing in Lambeau. So that's a uh, little thing they'll keep, you know, to watch on. D, go ahead, bro.
1: All right, so I got the Jets and Pats. Uh, what I'm going to be looking for in this game is going to be the test for, uh, you know, Zach Wilson. He hasn't been really lighting it up this season. And he's going to face... Old short sleeve bill, so I'll be uh, tuned into this game. Uh, Zach Wilson, his defense has been keeping him alive. That defense is nasty. To rank seventh right now, uh, letting yards per game up to you know opposing offenses. So I'm looking forward to see what their defense can do against the Patriots, and also I'm looking to see with what Mac Jones could do uh, in this game, whether he progresses or regresses, because that's going to tell us what is going on in New England. Is it the Mac Jones show or is it the Brandon Zappi show? If, you know, so we, we got to kind of see what goes on there. And like you said, Bill kind of he thrives on making these younger quarterbacks kind of, you know, be scared. And he takes advantage of them.
3: so yeah.
1: they got to get the um you know, they got to get their run game going against this team and kind of let their defenses do their thing. But I'm telling you, if they beat the Patriots, this is a game where a lot of people have circled on their schedule. You know, just because this this is a statement game. The the Patriots are the greatest in the world, but their coaching just outweighs everything. So the Jets can get a – they already got a signature win against the Bills. I think if they beat the Patriots, I think they're in that upper echelon of teams. And not only that, if they win and the Dolphins somehow lose, I believe they're tied for first. Yes, the New York Jets are tied for first in the AFC East. So we can say the NFC East. Maybe it's maybe it's the the, the clash of the Easts because the NFC East is the maybe the best you know division in the league. But right right under them, I would say the AFC East is the next best division with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Uh, but again, I, I look for the Jets to just manage this game for you know Zach Wilson, and to see if he can you know try to get it going, because again he's got four TDs, five interceptions. Only 1,200 passing yards on the season, so I look I looked for them to give the ball to um, Bryce Hall and get him kind of running, you know, get his run game going. But again, I like the Jets to win this game, very close game, 20 to 17. So just awesome. real quick on on just sticking on the whole Patriots scenario. Um, and I'll start with you, Ry. Who, what? What show do you think it's going to be by the end of the season? The Mac Jones show or the Zappy show?
0: Um, I honestly think the shows are getting canceled. <laughs> I, I think I don't think either yet. Yeah. Uh, Brees Hall is out for the season. Um, it was James Robinson we were talking about. You and I were talking about that earlier. I fucked up. Oh, I yeah. told you. I we were talking about Brees Hall or Brees Hall's. See, Dylan, the Jets fan, made sure you let oh. us know. Um, I think both quarterbacks are – I mean, why would you want either one of them? For real, for real. They, neither of them really propel your offense to do much of anything, not from what I've seen. Um, I think the, the Patriots are another team that are going to be stuck in limbo because they're going to have a nice roster around them, so they're not going to get one of those bottom picks to go grab a quarterback. But I don't think – I, I think for the rest of this season – it's probably going to be Mac simply because they have more invested into him, but right. I don't. I don't see either of them really panning out for, for old Bill, old short sleeve Bill.
2: <laughs> Tom, what do you think? Uh, I'm big on Zappy. I think he's better than Mac Jones. That's just my opinion. Then again, my opinion means nothing because New England just—they're all, they don't know what the fuck they want. They're still living in the desire of. Them losing Tom Brady, so <laughs> nobody's ever nobody New England's never going to draft a quarterback that can replace Brady. Everybody knows that. So, go ahead, Ry.
0: No, 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 no. I I, I agree with what you said. Nobody's ever going to draft another quarterback to replace Brady. But I'm, I mean,
2: but like Rye said, they're full. They're too invested in Mac Jones getting picking them in what the first round. So. I think it is the Mac Jones show unless something happens like he gets hurt again. God forbid he doesn't. Don't wish injury on anybody. Uh, But on the other side, on the Jets side, I do think that you're going to see a high dosage of Michael Carter and James Robinson. I think that's the way that you have to win is to keep Bill's offense off the field and just manage the game. Zach Wilson's never going to beat you. It seems like he's never going to be able to beat you in the air. I mean, I've never seen anything. I mean, I've never seen anything that could prove. I mean, we all know he has a cannon of an arm. He could probably throw eighty fucking yards, mm-hmm. but he has nobody to go catch the ball. So they're gonna rely on Sauce and that defense, baby. Sauce it up,
1: yeah, saucy. Sauce kind of
2: reminds
1: me of yeah. like a. Um, I don't even know you can compare to me. I think mean, maybe like a prime time. He just he loves the spotlight. He's one of those guys. Not like saying it. you know play wise, but just yeah. just his swagger. His swagger yeah. is like next he level. He
2: loves the spotlight, like you said.
1: He loves right. the attention. Right. Like I mean, got a narrow head. He was wearing a cheese head. He's one of those <laughs>
0: guys. That was that was I fuck with that. Uh, D, the who do you, who do you got winning this game? Because I have an interesting little stat that I that I had read. Uh, just briefly looking through this game, and I want to know if we're all, if what what side we're all going to be on.
2: I got the Jets twenty to seventeen. Tom, Jets twenty seven to twenty four.
0: Ooh. All right, so
2: I think it's going to be a defensive game.
0: I do too, and because of that, I'm going to go Patriots. Now, the Jets have lost, and and Dylan, you're still with us, bro. Correct me if I'm wrong, please, but. The Jets are losers of 13 straight to the Patriots. Oh, wow. 13 straight games. So this is their chance this year to kind of break that streak. Or Bill just stomps on their throat and says, seven years in a row we've been whooping your ass. Really, it's been (laughs) longer than that, but it would be seven straight years without a win. I
2: did not know that. I thought the Jets – I thought there was an upset a few years ago. I I mean, I I would assume there was an upset a few years ago.
0: I can only read the stats that are put in front of me, Thomas. And I hope I'm not wrong. All right. Who's uh, – what's the next game we got on the board, B, Tommy? So,
2: I got the Bills versus the Browns. So, for the second time in eight years, the Bills have to move their home game to Detroit. And with that being said, Detroit finally gets a good team that plays at home. This week. <laughs> so – the key to the Bills are the Bills are working to bounce back from a crucial loss in overtime to the Vikings last week. We all seen that game. We all know how that game went. And dropping two, they dropped they lost the last two games in a row, which is in the past few years under Josh Allen, that's something that we don't we haven't seen too often. The key for Buffalo to get back in the win column is definitely to stop the run against Cleveland. If if this game was going to be played in Buffalo, I would have no. I would have that's correct, 13 straight. In other hand, we haven't lost the way. So I would have assumed that if this game was played in Buffalo, everything would have favored Cleveland with the run game, giving the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, I will take Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Devil Sing- Devin Singletary. But now that the game goes to Detroit, it's- Buffalo gets to play their game. They're in a dome. They don't have to worry about no type of weather. They don't have to worry about no fans. I mean, everything plays in a favor of the Buffalo Bills now. But for the dog pound, they need to pound the rock. Despite last week only giving Nick Chubb, who's arguably one of the NFL's best running backs, the ball 11 total times. that's on That that's just doesn't make any sense. Tom finished crying over Izzy losing yet. We're on the NFL, brother. We'll talk about UFC in a little bit. Because uh, Izzy's 10 times better than Robbie Whittaker. Anyway, I'm going to predict that Nick Chubb touches the ball at least a total of 30 plus times this week. Ooh. Go
0: ahead. I was just gonna say I would be very happy.
2: <laughs> I mean, despite the, the bills are the bills lost, I mean their defense, they have four of their top four of their top 11 de- starting defenders are hurt with Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, uh, Tredavious White, Trayman Emmons. I mean this is a big game for the bills. They're in a must win situation right now. and that's only because of how big the AFC is. And I would, I'm pretty sure Buffalo would much rather host a playoff game and try to still fight with KC against the number one – to get the number one seed, if even possible, at this point. But Buffalo can't honestly afford to lose any more games. So, with that said, my players to watch, I think, is Nick Chubb. And I think Stephon Diggs blows up this week.
0: Hmm. Chubb and. Chubb and Diggs. Let me write that down for daily fantasy uh, purposes. Go ahead. And Diggs. with that being said, oh, sorry. the
2: Bills bounce back game now that it's now that it's in Detroit, bounce back game for the Bills. 37-24 Bills. And this only this only benefits Buffalo because now with the fact that they're playing they're playing Sunday and they got the turnaround to play Thursday, they have no traveling. Me assuming that with the snow in Buffalo, they're just gonna hang it out at a hotel in Detroit knowing that they're playing in Detroit on Thursday night on Thanksgiving. So I think with that mindset, they don't have to worry about any traveling. They're going to play their game Sunday. They're going to go back to the hotel Sunday knowing that I don't think they can fly back to Buffalo if Buffalo is supposed to get the four feet of snow that they're predicting. So they're going to – they're just going to stay in Detroit, hang it out, and they're going to win back-to-back games. Interesting. Derek, your mic's off, Derek.
1: My bad. So I think this is a must win for both teams. And the reason why I say that is because the AFC East is just too tough a division for the Bills. So I think if they lose this game, the Dolphins win a game, the Jets win a game, talking two games up on the Bills. Um, Now, again, I don't know their schedule, but if if those teams are trending in that direction – uh, you got to think that, you know, um, they're probably not going to regress. They're just going to go, you know, keep moving forward. Uh, Cleveland, I just think they need to win the game for morale purposes. Just to, you know, get the train going before Deshaun Watson comes back to see what he kind of can do with this team going forward. Uh, but I think that they definitely this – is, this is a must win for both teams, and, and just in my opinion. Uh, do I think the Browns – do I think they beat the Bills? No just because the Bills dropped the last one uh, to the Vikings. So I think that this is kind of a statement game. I think that they come back and kind of show the world that, you know, we're still here type of thing. Because, you know, last week we were calling them a juggernaut team. Now you have the Jets and the Dolphins ahead of them in the division. Uh, So I definitely think that the Bills will win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Uh, especially for the Bills, I think they're going to probably be in the 30s, like a 31 to, uh, say, 23 game. I think it'll be in that range.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I am think I'm going to side with you on, on Buffalo, on both of you guys with Buffalo winning. I just don't see a scenario where the Bills lose three in a row. And if they do, and I'm a, I'm a prelude to it. do not be surprised if they lose this game, and you don't see them in my top ten next week, don't say a word to me. Don't say a word. Cause it's now or never for them. With with the uncertainty of Josh, uh with his, you know, with his injuries and whatnot, and just the the, the poor play that they've gotten out of him in crucial situations. Again, I talked about that earlier. It's just they gotta, they gotta put something together. We can't just keep Oh, they're the Bills, they'll rebound. Oh, they're the Bills, they'll rebound because that was the mindset the Eagles fans got into the year after the Super Bowl and we stunk and we just never rebounded. So of course I think Buffalo's a very good team. I think Josh Allen is a great quarterback, but this is this is for them where they need to they need to show up. They need to show the league, like, listen, we slipped up, but we're still here. God damn it, this is our show, right? And uh, it's not their show anymore. I don't I don't have them as the top or the top two AFC teams. I think they're the second best team in their division now. I think that they're the third best AFC team. I know that Kansas City, they beat them head-to-head, but Kansas City got two losses now, and Buffalo has three, and Kansas City doesn't have an injured quarterback. Uh, on the other side, I'm excited to kind of see what the Browns do next week uh, with with Deshaun Watson coming back. Um, is it next week? No, two weeks, week 13, Tom. Yeah, we talk yeah, about
2: that by, the bye week, We I keep putting in the bye week into effect, so that bye week doesn't count as a suspended week.
0: Okay. So, I think that the Browns, if if uh, Stefanski was listening to us last week, he will, as Tom said, he will give Nick Chubb the ball 30-plus times, and I think that's what they need. If they don't, I will be back here Sunday ripping this dude mm-hmm. because – i'm i will be sick of it i will i will just be dumbfounded and i will be going on indeed and i will be submitting an application to the cleveland browns to become their new head coach um game of the week maybe uh cowboys vikings is the one i want to jump into the high-flying minnesota vikings who are coming in fresh off a huge win versus buffalo bills um who at the time were presumably the number one team in the AFC. And now they, as in the Minnesota Vikings, they sit a head-to-head loss away from being the top seed in the NFC. Their opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, are entering the game uh, fresh off of a huge in-conference loss against the struggling Packers, who were able to snap a five-game losing streak last weekend at the expense of Brokeback Mountain's favorite Cowboys, the ones from Dallas. Uh, Dookie Dak and the gang Entered the fourth quarter of Sunday's game with a 195-0 record in games in which they entered the fourth with a, at least a 14-point lead. They were 195-0. and Rodgers and rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, they were ready to put a change to that as Rodgers led two fourth-quarter touchdown drives, both of them going to Watson, to get Green Bay back into the game. And then after a failed fourth down attempt in overtime, which seen Mike McCarthy – smash his headset, or at least attempt to. Um, the Cowboys had to watch Mason Crosby take that perfect streak that they had, right? They took that perfect streak that Dallas had, and he put his own streak on it. It was a nice shit-stained one loss for Jerry and the boys. Now, this week, Dallas does have a great chance to rebound and get a huge win when they travel to Minnesota to take on the 8-1 and Vikings, but it's not going to be an easy task. Minnesota has proven that they can hang with the big dogs while Dallas shows that they can still, they kind of show their true, true losing colors at any time in any game. And again, Dallas's defense is great. No doubt about that. But like I said last week where they can be hurt is in their run defense. It's their weakest defensive unit. Last week, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, they tag team Dallas for 203 yards and a touchdown on the ground this week. Dalvin Cook should be looking to feast, and I don't see why Minnesota wouldn't give him the chance. Dallas has the seventh lowest-rated rush defense, according to PFF, while their pass rush and their pass coverage both rank in the top six with their pass rush being number one. Um, so kind of like where I where I think the Vikings would be foolish to attack Dallas is in the medium and the long passing attack. Now, I, lo- I know they have Justin Jefferson, and they want to get him involved, but Dallas likes to bring the heat. And like I said, they do have the best pass rush in the league combined with a secondary that is bordering top five. Um, I don't think that throwing the game on the back of Kirk Cousins is the play here. Um, Heavy dose of, of, of Dalvin Cook. Now, on the other side, I feel completely different. Zeke is back this week, and Tony Pollard continues to shine coming off a game in which he had 115 rushing yards and a touchdown. That gives him 246 rushing yards and four touchdowns in the two games that Zeke missed. And while I do think that those two are, would be able to put together a solid game against any opponent, the Minnesota Vikings defense has their strengths and they have their weaknesses. And But their main strength is is their rush defense. That's the best unit um, that that defense has, and it's much stronger than their pass coverage, which has been kind of an Achilles heel this far for the Vikings. Now, they are very bend, don't break. They give up a lot of yards, but they their bottom 10 in points given up, well, top 10 in points given up, Um But I am looking for Dak to respond to to the criticism that he's been getting this week and for him to show that he could take over and lead this team. And I do think that that's what he's going to have to do to beat this Vikings team. Um, I don't think that it's going to be now Pollard and Zeke could, they could eat, they could do their thing, but I think Dak's the one that's going to have to take this game and win it for them. My players to watch for Dallas is going to be Dak for just that reason. And my players to watch for for Minnesota is going to be Dalvin cook. I think he's going to have a huge game. And in this game, I have the Minnesota Vikings as the number two ranked team, and I don't think they're going to win this game. I think the Cowboys are going to win 28-24, and I hate to say it, but with that Eagles loss, I just feel like this NFC East is just going to continue to get tighter, and that starts with Dallas beating uh, Minnesota and kind of separating us at the one seed a little bit, but bringing the division tighter.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree with 99% of everything you said. The 1% I don't agree with is they're, the Minnesota Vikings are going to ride high off of Patrick Peterson's game last week. Um, and they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys at home. And that's mm. solely because they're at home. They're, I mean, sort of like you said with the NFC East getting tighter and tighter, Minnesota knows that they're sitting at one loss just like us. They're in must-win mode. Now that we're going, yeah. we're playing the Indianapolis Colts. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys. They know if they beat the Cowboys, it's a bigger game for them. They can't afford to drop another game because they already, they do not have the head to head over us. That is the sole reason why we're sitting at the number one team in NFC right now is because we beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but I do agree with you. I do not think Kirk Cousins is going to beat the Dallas Cowboys secondary by himself I do think you'll see a lot of those high dosage from Dalvin Cook and, uh, Jared Mc- is it Jarek McKinnon? No, uh, Alexander Madison. Uh, Madison. Yeah, so you'll see a lot of uh, high doses from both of them. I do I do think I think Justin Jefferson is still going to eat. He's still going to do what he wants. I mean, if you're putting him up against Trayvon Diggs, honestly, I'm taking Justin Jefferson every day over Diggs. I mean, Diggs is a ball hawk. I don't think he's the best coverage cornerback, but, I mean, the guy knows where to be at the right time. That's just my opinion. On the other side with the Cowboys, I'm just going to say, and I'm going to say it again, Micah Parsons. Mm.
3: <laughs>
2: He's going to be, again, all over the field. Healthy Micah Parsons. He's unreal. Um, but, like, the Marcus, the Marcus Lawrence is eating. Everybody on that d line's eating. Everybody on the defense is eating. Uh, I do think it's going to be a tough, very, very, very tough game. I can see some scoring, not much. I can see a lot of scoring, not many touchdowns. I can see a lot of field goals. Uh, I personally do think it's going to be like a 17-16 game, some bullshit like that. Like a low – two high-powered offenses always – go, it's going it's to be a blunderfuck, and it's going to give us a low-scoring game somehow.
0: Blunderfuck. I liked blunderfuck. Uh, quick update. The Packers just scored Aaron Rodgers' hit – Rookie wide receiver that we just talked about. Uh Christian Watson for fourteen yards for a touchdown. That boy is got four touchdowns in one and one quarter game.
2: He's making that rookie look good, baby. Sir G. So
1: I'm I'm gonna I gotta side with Rye again. And it's just because I think they drank too much food on playing right back. Uh but no, nah, seriously. Um uh, I think that basically this is this Again, it comes to the ground. It comes down to the ground game. Who's going to have a better rush? Than that? Will it be the Minnesota Vikings one-two punch, or will it be Dallas's one-two punch? And I think Dallas' one-two punch is a little bit better. And I think that Michael Parsons will, uh, you know, have a good uh, a, a good effect on, you know, stopping that rush defense to allow his corners to be able to have a little bit better coverage and also get to Kirk Cousins and put him under pressure a little bit. More. Also, um, I think that the key to this game is, you know, for Dak is to get his tight end going and get Michael Gallup going. I'm not sure who their tight end is, but all successful Cowboys teams, they always had a decent tight end, and they always had him going. And I just feel – go ahead.
0: Dalton Schultz. Do you you Dalton don't remember? Schultz. I broke his ass down and said he was going to do something, and he scored a touchdown in that game. But go ahead. Dalton Schultz is their tight end, and they just signed a yeah. receiver. I'll give you who that was. Go.
1: Yeah, but again, I, I think that he has to get them going because he's, he's just too locked in on CD right now. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, CD is a great wide receiver, a man that we didn't move up to get him. But in order to get him freed up a little bit, you've got to hit other guys. You just you have to. And I think that that's, that's the recipe for success. I think that, just like Roddy said, Dak has something to prove. So I think they're going to come in with a vengeance to try to, you know, get this – Get this W. And, I mean, I I just play numbers. You got to play the numbers. At some point, the Vikings have to lose. They just have to. It can't be, you know, um, just us that beats the Vikings. There has to be a letdown game somewhere. I thought the Bills would beat them straight up. And the Cowboys signed Antonio Callaway, get him gone a little bit more, too. So, I think that's just the recipe. Get the ball moving. Get it around. That's it. Get the ball going. And, 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 you know, locking into to different receivers. Agreed. So just uh, – I I had that game. and Tom, I know you had a low – what was your score, Ron? Uh,
0: I don't think I did a score. Uh, did I? Hold up. Go ahead. I'll get you my score. Oh, 28-24 Cowboys over the Vikings. I'm going to go
1: 27-24
0: Cowboys. you trying to undercut me, huh?
1: Okay. I I just gotta, gotta throw in a, um, you know, a little uh, uh, field goal in there.
0: Okay, I like it.
1: All right, so moving on to my game of the week. Might not be your game of the week, but it's definitely my game. The Raiders versus Broncos, slot fest. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) It's a slot fest that I'll be tuned into, and I will enjoy it. Just based on a couple of things. Number one, um, this is a game that can get the Raiders back on track. They beat the Broncos in Week Four, 32 to 23. So this is a game where the Raiders can get back on track, and Derek David, I mean Derek Carr, can get going. So I, I kind of play the momentum game, and I kind of play, you know, I, I like to to go off of emotion, and that's what I'm base. I'm I'm going base off of emotion. I don't I don't I don't feel I, I don't I don't feel confident at all of Russell Wilson. I do not feel confident. I just feel like he doesn't have an offense right now that he could he could even get going. You got guys like yeah. Jerry Judy out and stuff like that. So I don't I just don't think the Broncos have what it takes to turn around a season to even try to get some type of momentum going into next season because the season is over. But the, week ten, you've seen a grown man cry in a press conference. Literally, in tears. If that doesn't show you passion, I don't know what does. And that kind of made me like Derek Carr a little bit more than I did because he actually cares. I thought he was just a guy that went out there and just played the game week in week out. Don't care if you win or lose. But literally, he went out there and just so emotional because he wants to win. And he he feels like he has what it takes to win. Mm -hmm. So then you have... We, we talked a little bit about um, who's on the hot seat. And I swear, they, they, they must listen to this podcast. This is a great podcast. Because I, I mentioned Josh McDaniels. And you said, no, nah, you don't think that, you know, he's, he's kind of still young in the season. And what does Al Davis come out and say? Rome what wasn't say? built overnight.
0: Al got me on, or Mark, who, Al Davis, whatever Davis, is he Mark got Davis, me on the payroll. Davis.
1: No. Al Davis right then dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I get them confused. They yeah. I just know the one with the they're bad weird haircut. Looking.
1: Yeah, they're both weird looking. Sorry, the one with the, the state they have more money than I'll, I'll ever see in my life. But seriously, literally, he went and he went and backed his quarterback, and I mean his his coach, and basically said, um, you know, I'm I'm he he basically has a free pass this season. Then you have guys like Carr. And you have guys like um, Devonte Adams coming, and pick. so I'm really interested to see, you know, what goes, like, what comes out of this. Do they come out and they just ball out because, you know, they're playing for their coach now? Because I mean, Josh McDaniels, he's he's no slouch. He coached the Patriots for a long time. He's an offensive mind. I mean, I'm I would put him up there with the Shanahan's of the coaching, you know, coaching world. He's still young in his head coaching te- tenure, but I think he has with the takes. I think he, you know, everybody says, oh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, but he had those fast passes. Those, you know, he, he, he kind of reinvented that type of offense. And I think the Raiders are going to blow the Broncos out this week. 35
0: to 13. Sheesh. You this are. Is,
1: this is a comeback a-
3: game.
0: All right, so I'm I, I'm the one tagged of going next. I'm gonna argue. I'm about to argue. What the what in the world makes you think that the Raiders are about to put up 35? Who who's gonna be the game? Who's gonna be the star for them?
1: It's gonna be Devontae Adams.
0: They got the best passing fucking the, the pass coverage the best pass coverage defense in the league, does Denver.
1: And Josh Jacobs.
0: Bro. Oh my God. I, I I don't see. All right. So the Denver Broncos have a top three rated defense, right? Their pass defense is number one in the league, their pass coverage. Now they are they are weak in the rush defense and their tackling is fucking piss poor. I will give you that. But that pass defense. Now Josh Jacobs, I agree. If they're gonna beat, if they're gonna beat you. If they're gonna beat the shit out of the Broncos, it's 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 got to be through the air. And I don't know if they got what it takes. I think that they could put up a uh, a good half like they did. Maybe maybe put up half of the game. Um, but I don't know if they're gonna beat up on on that secondary that Denver has all night. They already long. beat up a um, They
1: they put thirty two
0: on. Okay, and this is and this is the game where you got to show me that you could do it twice because they've been. And that's, the that's when part. they had
1: Chubb. That's when they had Chubb, too. Now they have uh, no
0: and, that, and what what week was that? Week four. Okay, so that was when the Raiders still thought they had a chance to do something. The Raiders, That's the hard, Raiders are.
1: I'm solely going based off of emotion. I'm not saying that if this was the Raiders last week, if this was the Raiders going into you know, the Broncos were coming to play the Raiders last week, I I wouldn't have that score that high. But I think yeah. that they, you know, it's kind of like that that camaraderie of brotherhood type thing. I think they're going to come out. And show out for their coach, just like we'll begin to the Colts game. The Colts did for Saturday.
0: They did. So listen. So the Raiders actually have the best offensive game this year versus the Broncos. I will give you that. They've held. And that was Seattle. In, that, was,
1: that was in Denver too. Uh,
0: no, that was in. That was in Vegas. They're in oh, Denver they're this. Right. Yeah, they're in a mile high this week. So. They held Seattle to 17, Houston to 9, San Fran to 10. Then then the Raiders put up 32. They held the Colts to 12, the Chargers to 19, the Jets to 16, the Jaguars to 17, and the Titans to 17. That defense has put that fucking team, for expectation-wise, that defense has put that team in a position to be, what is this? What would it be? 8-1. and Those games, they've held – Every opponent with the exception of one under 20 points. They should be eight and one with, with Russell Wilson and oh my god. That shit pisses me off. But I do not think that the Raiders are gonna I think that the Raiders honestly, dude, I don't fucking know who's gonna win this game. I it's like the Raiders, you make good points with them. Um and I'm and I'm done with fucking picking the Broncos. So I'm just gonna throw shit at the wall. And uh, I just want to be different. I'm gonna say the Broncos win. They're in Denver. I think the defense does step up. I think it's an ugly fucking game. Um, but who knows? Maybe we're about to get a 35-34 shoot, a classic all-time shootout. Ah, 35. To 30. and... All
2: right. I just wanna be I just want to go on record saying don't ever in your life compare Josh McDaniels to Kyle Shanahan again.
0: I was waiting for you to go at it There
2: are completely <laughs> two different coaches One's never even been a head coach before And one's rode Tom Brady's coat out to success The other has been in the NFC Championship game He's on the verge of going to the NFC Championship game In Ryan's defense But the piggyback off of what Ryan said One, I Listen, at this point, I hope it's a fucking tie Mm-hmm <laughs> That's how pissed off these teams get me. I mean, Russell Wilson leaves Seattle to go to Denver. Everybody thinks Denver's going to be the team. They're going to be this hot shot team, and and Russell Wilson has completely shit the bed. He's like Mm -hmm. he's at the verge of embarrassing himself right now for for wanting to leave Seattle the way he did, and going to Denver. On the other hand, what have the Raiders? The Raiders have only proved us. I one, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna take the Raiders again. After losing to the Colts like that, I'll never, I, and, and making me look like an idiot. Like, I mean, I, I make myself look like an idiot all the time. I don't need the fucking Raiders to make me look like an idiot either. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I can see Devontae Adams having a good game because it's Devontae Adams. The only way is Derek Carr to throw him open. Like you said, their Tan's unreal. I'm assuming he's going to be the one covering Devontae Adams. Uh, I mean, I guess this game solely on depends on what Josh Jacobs can do. And on the other hand, I mean, Melvin Gordon, I, I mean, I don't even – I could be a running back for the Denver Broncos, it seems like, right now. You are faced. They have, like – I mean, they're just – they don't have a running back. So, you're solely depending on Russell Wilson throwing a ball probably another 30-plus times on uh, Sunday. So I'm...
1: he can't—he can't even say ride right on right anymore. He's just—he's totally done.
2: He's gasperated. <laughs> I just—I
1: mean, it's hey, Tom. You're right. I—I I can't compare Josh McDaniels to Shanahan. You're right. Shanahan blew two Super Bowls. <laughs> <Daniels> never...
2: <laughs> I, mean, I was wait. Listen, listen. He's been there though. So is Josh McDaniels, but not as the head coach. Okay.
0: So so he's been there on the coattails, you like to say,
2: of Tom right. Brady. Yeah, what has Josh Daniels done without Brady?
0: Josh Daniels, I don't know who the fuck that is.
2: Josh McDaniels, what has he done without Brady? All I know is he turned down that. Uh, no. did he turn down the? Did he turn down the Raiders? What job did he turn down?
1: I think it might think it was have been the coach Raiders. job. I think it was the coach. No, I think it was the coach job. A he, like, he right.
2: was, like he was literally ready to. But he thought he job. That's why he thought that he was going to be the predecessor. Yeah, he of, thought uh, Bill was going job. out with Tom. That's why.
0: You right. like you like how all them dudes leave Belichick and then they all crawl back, and Belichick always say like they they brought fucking they brought who they bring back the the Lions Matt Patricia and now he's the offensive coordinator like. <laughs>
1: Defensive minded guy. Let's 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 put him on the. <laughs> let's, like, Tom, let's I don't want to.
0: Yeah, that's like when the Eagles made their their offensive line coach Juan Castillo the defensive coordinator fucking yeah, dickheads crazy. uh Tom I, I know you see it. that comment right there yeah, hey wanna with Tim And this Tebow. is No 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 I was going with this one first cuz you are a freaking butte. But he did win a playoff game with Timmy T in Denver So cut him some slack? Nah.
2: Well, anyway. All right Tom Piggybacking off of that, we're gonna go with the Bengals versus the Steelers with another division clash game. Despite having what Ryan says, Kenny Pickett with his small hands, mm-hmm. and the Steelers being three and six, and what some people are saying are one of the most boring teams to watch, this is in my opinion. This is a must watch, must watch game. Division games, no matter what, can go either way. I love it. I'm a, I'm, I'm riding the Bengals, baby. I think this game is gonna be fun to watch. That's I think this is a game that it's it's gonna be a must watch game. As division games obviously we know can go either way, Watch them Monday night's game and then watch week two when the Steelers actually beat the Bengals in overtime. The Bengals felt the Bengals started the season 0 and two and are now five and three. Coming off of a much needed bye week. They're heading are they uh Are they what? One thing I didn't do is they're heading into Pittsburgh to play Steel City and the Steelers. Joe Burrow came off a Super Bowl loss and threw four interceptions week four against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They out So the Bengals outscored the Steelers 14-3 in the second half to force overtime to only lose 23-20 in overtime. This is not the same type of game that's going to happen. This is a complete... Different Joe Burrow. This complete different Cincinnati Bengals. I don't care what anybody says. I'm rocking with the Bengals. The only Super Bowl sleep, the only all hangover team is the LA Rams. Hmm. Like I told Derek on the first episode, the Bengals are gonna make the playoffs. Derek doesn't think they're gonna make the playoffs. They started the season 0-2. They're now five and they're now five-three. They're five-2 over the last seven games. Houday, yes. 3-1 over the last. Four games, Steelers' offense has struggled to put points on the board. They've only scored 20 points in a game twice this season. That's it. 20 points two times this season. In five of the games, they only scored 14 or fewer points. The Bengals' defense has allowed only nine touchdowns and 1,800 passing yards, with their defense having eight interceptions and 14 total sacks. Bengals have also only allowed seven touchdowns and 1,100 yards on the ground. The Bengals defense should be enough to stop Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett and pull out a clear a close win and improve the six and three on the season and get one <laughs> and get one game closer to that all time Steelers Bengal record of sixty-eight wins to thirty-eight losses for the Steelers over the Bengals. That record's crazy. Mm-hmm. Teams players to watch is are Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, and for the Steelers, I think it's TJ Watt is a player to watch. I mean, coming back off that injury last week, he, he showed up like it's like he never left the game. He was never hurt. Showed up and played this week. I think the final score is going to be 27 17 Bengals.
0: 27 17 Cincy. D, what you got?
1: Uh, so, like Tom said, this division game can go anyway. I'd like to see the Bengals bounce back with this game uh, just to keep going. And, you know, if, Tom's, if Tom stands correct, they make the playoffs, which I don't think they do. They they definitely have the Super Bowl hangover, them and the Rams. I don't think either one uh, makes the Super Bowl, I mean, makes the playoffs this year, even a wild card game. But I, I'm looking at Joe Burrow. Although he's having, he's not, be, you know, successful and isn't having a great year, he's still having a pretty decent year. I mean, he has over 2,000, you know, passing yards, 18 teams. and he he's kind of separated himself from the younger quarterbacks, and you know, in that area. I mean, obviously, Justin Fields has it more with his legs, but he's a mobile quarterback. But I mean, he he's kind of separated himself from the Trevor Lawrence's of the world, the uh, uh, the Justin Fields, the Zach Wilsons. He's kind of putting himself up in that that different category. Now if he can get some type of O-line, I think that the Bengals, you know, they're they're probably one of the best teams in the AFC region. And they, you know, they they, they we thought that they revamped their O line, but did they really? I feel like every time I'm watching on Red Zone, this
2: guy is running for the right. So it's like they re- I, they revamped it just for the run game, it seems like. Yeah, and I mean and hey by any means
1: Win with the run game, then. Don't try to, you know, put your quarterback in a situation where. I understand this is this. Is, you want to be an excited, uh, excited team in this league. You want to pass the ball. That's what puts asses in seats. But if you're winning games with the run game, stick with the run game, because again, mm-hmm. that opens up the play action, opens up the RPO, opens up different, you know, types of things like that. And it, it just for a younger quarterback who already has the mechanics, he has the tools, he has all that stuff. They have decent receivers. All that's going to do is make him better and make the team better and actually win games. Because this this division is a is a winnable division. It's always kind of one of it's kind of like a toss-up division.
0: I agree that 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 division is definitely always a battle. Um, <clears throat> real quick, just to uh, circle back, he jumped on, and I want to before I give my opinion on Bengals Steelers, I want to touch on this real quick. Our Raiders fan in the chat said, I said the Raiders need a new owner and a new coaching staff. Mark Davis has been a cancer ever since his dad died. And He got ownership of the team. He makes bad choices and has let good coaches go and keeps the bad ones. And this is a guy that had, I'm not trying to shit on you, bro. This is a man that had the Raiders winning 14 games coming into the season. I could feel it in his heart. He's disappointed in his team. And I agree, they should have never got rid of um, the dude that got the, the interim coach that took you guys to the playoffs. But to jump back to Bengals Steelers, I think that I, there's not really much else I can say that you guys didn't say. Um, the Bengals do not really have a good offensive line. Uh, we, we can continue saying that to where the Steelers. This year, if you look at the stats, it might look like they don't have the best defensive line, but they have missed. Um, they've missed TJ Watt. TJ Watt's been out for a little while, and I, I know that's skewing the numbers. But that that offense, the defense is going to do what they do. TJ Watt's going to go off. He's going to eat. And I think again, when he plays at the level that he does, even just him being on the field, it elevates everyone, not just the defense. And when you look at the other side, Najee Harris, man, he, he he got going last week. Tom, you said that he had to get going. Uh, we, we highlighted it. We talked about how um, he just really was kind of ineffective for them, right? He wasn't really doing too much. He was at like 3.7 or something yards per carry. Look, Cincinnati has a weak rush defense. Okay. They got a pretty decent pass rush. They got a pretty decent coverage. Like they're, they're okay across the board. But where their, their concerns are is that rush defense. So I'm ready for all again. Mike Tomlin is coming in hot. He's going to prove and show, listen, that, that, That division's not up for that division is not over. It is up for grabs, and I think that you're going to see a good dose of you should see a good dose of Najee Harris here. Um, look for him to get over five yards of carry, and then just to continue feeding him. I'm going to be going Najee Harris on all my daily fantasies because I think this is a game where it's it's Bengals off the field because they're not going to be able to block, and Mike Tomlin's just going to say, "Okay, our defense is going to." Be able to contain Cincinnati to seventeen or twenty points. How do I get twenty one points on the board? Okay, <laughs> Najee Harris is good for getting me three solid drives, and Kenny Pickett. Do what you did last week, bro. Don't do what you did prior to last week, where you had two touchdowns, eight interceptions. Do what you did last week. I don't need you to throw a touchdown. Just don't throw a pick. Let the defense win it. Let that let let that offensive line create some space for our guy, and let's go win this game. And I think that I think that they will. I'm going to back them again. Tom, I'm back in the Steelers again. The Pittsburgh Steelers will defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. And my score, it's going to be an ugly one. Let's say this is, this is like a 16-13 kind of AFC battle. That's where I'm going. 16-13. Um, and in another pretty much ugly game that that – I was fortunate enough to, to pick to, you know, break down here. We got the Saints and we got the Rams. Now, Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams, they are traveling to Nolens to take on the Saints led by Andy Dalton, soon to be led by Jameis Winston. Neither team is looking like they're going to make the playoffs this year. And the Rams look like maybe the biggest hit that they could take on the offense. Uh, it, look, it looks like they just took the biggest hit they could take on the offense um, with news that Cooper Cup will be sidelined with an ankle injury that's going to require surgery, and it's looking like he's going to miss multiple games. And they are going to have to fight for their playoff lives without him because it, this isn't a situation now where they can just hold on until Cooper gets back. It's no, if Cooper's out four or five weeks, you need to you you maybe could squeeze one loss. You're three and six. You need to win all these games and. I think that's honestly, if they're going to make a run, I think that's what this team needs right now. And it's crazy to say, all right, eliminate Cooper Cup, and that's exactly what the Rams need. But the reason why I do think that it could work for them is because all you hear is Matt Stafford maybe, you know, being too in love with Cooper Cup. And sometimes it seems like Cup is the only receiver that Stafford has eyes for, and now he's going to be forced to kind of get those other guys you know, involved in the game without Cup being there, and um, they're sitting at the very bottom of the NFC West. So, if if they're able to, they, they got nothing to lose. They're 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 rated right below the Cardinals in the standings. He doesn't have Cooper Cup. He now has to use Allen Robinson. He now has to use those other guys. He, he has to get the run game involved. The defense has to step up. And all that's going to do is if they're able to, to, to get those other guys involved and they can go on a little 3-1 and stretch or a 4-0 and stretch, if they can pull through this, then you come out the other side kind of looking like, all right, we were able to win these games without Cooper Cup. Now let's find a way to get him back in the mix and win these games with him. They have – I mean – I said that I, I could see them maybe taking one loss and being okay with it. They got the Saints this week. That's winnable. They got the Chiefs next week. They're not winning that game. Then they got the Seahawks, Raiders, Packers, Broncos, Chargers, Seahawks. They, they got a lot of very winnable games for them down the stretch. And like I said, I, I really just think that this is the one where they're going to have to – go out and win, and I know it's I know it's, it's, it's in New Orleans. That stadium is, is very loud. Trust me, I've been there. They love their Saints, and because of the past NFC Championship games, <clears throat> the defensive pass interference, um, this still has and will always have the feel in New Orleans of a very important and exciting game. The Rams, again, they're, they're relying on a defense. Stafford's going to have to find a way to, to maybe play with some new toys. Um, and on the other side, Andy Dalton, I think he should be benched by halftime. This isn't a prediction. This is just my thoughts. Uh, and, I, and I think Famous Jameis should jump back in the driver's seat so that he can quarterback the team for the next few weeks before fans want him benched for Andy Dalton and we could just continue to see-saw. But um, the court, the quarterback carousel for New Orleans, it's going to continue. And as bad as the Rams have been this year, I don't see them losing this game. I'm expecting a tight game to sees LA pull out the late victory. I got Rams winning 20-19. to 19. Uh, For New Orleans, my player to watch is Alvin Kamara because – who else is going to fucking get going for them offensively, right? And for the Rams, I'm looking at every wide receiver not named Cooper Cup, and I want to see if Matt Stafford can find a new friend.
2: Let's go Rams.
0: Rams fan. Tone to impress.
2: A, I'm a fan of every team that plays the Saints this year, baby. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah. The Saints lose games. But I agree with. I mean, you touched everything. I agree with you 100%. The only negative thing I'll say is it seems like Matthew Stafford has absolutely zero chemistry with every other receiver, not named Cooper Cup. I mean, yeah. we've seen too many times, countless times, where he even he force feeds Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup could be triple team, and he's still throwing him the ball. It's like I'm not saying I don't know if he doesn't have any faith in Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. That I don't know, the Schoenick kid, the little white kid. I don't know. But I just don't know how much – I mean, how much much Matthew Stafford is going to be able to do with guys like I just mentioned. I am looking to see – I do think Van Jefferson has a decent game. Mm -hmm. Only because Allen Robinson is going to be seeing all the coverage now that Cooper Cup was seeing. And we obviously know Allen Robinson ain't no Cooper Cup. So, but I do – like I agree with you. I think it's going to be a low-scoring – disgusting game. Rams somehow pulled out. Any team that's playing against Andy Dalton has a team. I don't give a shit if it's the Houston Texans. They will have a chance to win the game when you got Andy Dalton at the helm. That's And like you said, I mean, Andy can't get Olave the ball. It's going to come down to Alvin Kamara. I do think it's going to be like a 19-17 type game. I, I think the Rams win on like a late field goal.
3: Okay.
1: I think that this is a new segment that we should open. Shit game of the week. That would definitely stamp this game as a shit game of the week. I'm just not interested in it at all. <laughs> I mean, just the Rams being putrid and the Saints can't figure it out. If we want to call it the shit game, the toilet bowl, whatever, every week. Let's just stamp. One. This is the all right. This,
0: this is the toilet bowl game of the week. Okay, I'm with it. Was that the Bowl game of the week? New Orleans Saints versus the Los Angeles Rams. Guys, But
1: well, just like you said, the the only thing that the Saints have going for them is they have an OK defense. Other than that, they haven't been really getting Kamara involved. Um, I, of course, they have a new playmate in Chris Olave, who's been you know doing fairly well. But I feel like once they found him, it's kind of like screw Kamara, who has been taking the this season this season. So, yeah. I just I honestly think that this is this this is going to be this game again. Ryan, I look for what what can the Rams do without Cooper Cup? That's what I'm looking for. Can their running backs get going? Can Cam, A- can, can Cam Akers can get going? Or um, Henderson can can either of those, those running backs get going? Um, can can they get Alvin Kamara? I feel like this is just going to be a defensive game and it's going to come down to who defense defensive better. Uh, I do see um, at some point maybe James getting in the game, Randy Dalton, if he's not doing well. Or maybe they're doing a, a, a carousel of quarterbacks. Maybe all three quarterbacks see the field this, this week. And, you know, some funky-ass uh, jumbo package or <laughs> some type of package like that. But, unfortunately, I want the Saints to lose, but I think the Saints are going to win. Just predicated off of a better run game and just a better defense. And I got it, like, mm. around,
0: like, 21-13. A bit. So, I am not on board with the Saints winning. I don't think so. But, hey, somebody's going to be right. Somebody's going to be wrong. D, what's our next game? So, I'm just
1: going to jump into the next game. It's probably going to be all of our favorite games of the week. It is the Eagles versus the Colts. And the reason why I'm doing this game is just to get a little bit more time for us to kind of discuss it because we got to discuss. The Eagles, they just – time of possession last week was just horrific. I think it was like 38 to 19 or six, some, some crazy number along that line. But the like time 40 of possession, to 20, yeah. Yeah, and I literally told – and I literally said on a podcast to, you know, to for other teams to win these games, they got to keep – you know, offenses like the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Bills, you got to keep them off the field. And what mm-hmm. other better way than time of possession? And they ran the ball down our throats. They were even running the ball like third and fours and, and converting first down. They, their run game was just crazy. But mm-hmm. you had the Eagles. What better adjustment, a game plan adjustment, than to pick up two brick walls on that line i mean even if they don't have like their full potential gas that they used to have there's still two big ass bodies that can clog that middle because mm-hmm. we were getting butt rate in that middle i'm not sure if i can say that but we were getting <laughs> right right in the holes we were getting it right in the holes they were going down any any gap a gap b gap whatever gaps we were they were going down everyone and i mean It doesn't seem like this is a a critical game, but it is to me, at least, because you got a team who's riding off the high of Saturday winning on Sunday, you know, and is that going to translate into this week? They have JT who got going last week. Can he get going again this week? Can our defense step up to stop the rushing attack? Because if if we stop that rushing attack, I don't feel confident that Matt Ryan – He's, he's just a shell of of his old self. I don't think he can really get going to beat us in the air. Now, do I think they can beat us on the ground? If our defense played the way they did last week, they definitely will. And that was the one thing we were, we were predicated on. I think we had, like, the third Russian defense, maybe even lower than that, going in the last week. And we let Taylor Heineke and um, Brian Robinson just go off of us. So I think this yeah. week is a critical week. We have it, this is kind of like you're bleeding. Stop the bleeding <laughs> right now before it becomes hemorrhaging. That's what this week is for. And I think the Eagles are coming to actually this week to run the ball. I think the time of possession will be much even, like more even. And and I think that Jalen Hurts just because aside from everything, Jalen Hurts still had a pretty good game. He didn't throw for yeah. crazy yardage. But I think he had two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, something like that. So he's still balling. He, to me, he's still in that, you know, he doesn't have as many yards, but, I mean, he's he's our go-to guy. At the, like, we don't we, – we like, we go to him in, in, on a goal line. Like, he's just yeah. he's just that guy. I him to come back, I expect our run game to get going. I expect our defense to really step up. And, you know, I I like Jeff Saturday and everything, but he ain't winning this Sunday. Saturday and mm-hmm. win on Sunday, and the Eagles are going to win twenty-eight to twenty.
0: I would love that. Now the the conversation around based on Jalen Hurts, I think Jalen Hurts was robbed of a really good game. I think he was robbed, uh, and I'm talking purely on the Quez, the Quez mistake, the Dallas Goddard fumble, and the AJ Brown drop that turned into an interception. Now I know that's a tough play. I'm not I'm not giving no fucking hate to, to AJ Brown, but that was a dime that the defender misplayed and it went through his hands and it touched it literally showed there was a meme I seen where it's like this is what I think it might have been Dax picks. This is what Dax picks looks like and it's a defender catching it right here. And then it was like this is what Jalen Hurts picks looks like and it's it's AJ Brown's hands. Looking like he made a catch, and the other defenders' arms are all the way out the picture. And you're like, How the fuck does that turn into a pick? I think that the Eagles just, they, it was one of those games where it was just like everything went against them. And that, they are the games, that was the game we had the year we won the Super Bowl, we had in week two against Kansas City. It was a close game. Nobody really thought we were going to beat Kansas City because uh Kansas City was just a juggernaut really at the time. That was Alex Smith. That I think that was the year either the year after or the year that they battled the the Colts in that overtime shootout with Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um but the Chiefs were still a unit and and we played against them and we had a lot of bad things go against us. And not I'm not I'm not blaming anyone. I'm saying we created a lot of bad uh situations for ourselves as a team and we did that again in this game and i'm hoping the reaction to that game from that 2017 team was to go win it was like nine straight or some shit like that like the eagles have a chance to their their schedule is still i mean let's be real their schedule is still kind of cake the two teams playing on thursday night football right now they're going to be our next two i'm pretty sure they're our next two opponents after we get through the colts they are we got the packers next thursday night um and then we have the Titans on December 4th. So those the Packers are reeling and uh, the Titans are, are We pretty much what I'm looking at is, and this is my last point on the Eagles, then we can move on, is the Eagles just came off, a, off of a little stretch in which Najee Harris, they shut down. They really didn't give him a chance to get going. Uh, they did a decent job, I guess you could say, against Pierce. Pierce was gashing them, and that was kind of the game where. No, they didn't do decent. They did shit. That was the game where where it was really like, oh shit, the Texans game, and I think it got overshadowed by the by the World Series. But that was the game where you look and you're like, okay, this team has a deficiency, and it's the run defense because these teams are just like like this dude's eaten, and then the Commanders do it, and now not this. I don't feel like this is a move that's like okay. We just got gashed two games in a row against the Texans and the Commanders. Let's make an address. It's no. We got gashed by Damian Pierce and Brian Robinson. And if we don't address this now, we are staring in the face of ready. We're staring in the face of Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones. And this is all in order. Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields, the Dallas Cowboys with Pollard and uh, Zeke. Alvin Kamara and then Saquon Barkley again. So the down the stretch this team is playing some fucking good running backs and they've made just in the last couple of weeks alone. They've added Domica Sue, they've let, added Limvel Joseph both today and this week and then they've added Robert Quinn. So they're trying everything to to answer this and this is where you know Fletcher Cox hasn't been really what he what he what we're expecting of him. Jordan Davis is hurt, and we did all we've been doing all year is complimenting the linebackers, and uh, we really do need to those linebackers. They got to show they got to show up. Uh, I got the Eagles winning this one. I think that they will bottle up JPT as much as you can, maybe less than 150 yards. Um, let's let's go Eagles. Let's go Eagles 31. Let's go Colts 26. Uh Mike, my boy Mike in the Comments, I appreciate it. Love the pod, y'all. Keep it up. So proud. And he starts with the yellow Steelers heart. I like that. And he got the purple uh, Lakers heart in there. Tom, Eagles, Eagles, just, Colts. Just, just, just before you start, start Tom. The only thing
1: that, <laughs> the only thing that discouraged me too, um, you know, from this game is the deep ball for him. Like, cause he, he's just starting to come along with trusting his receivers, getting that deep ball going, and then you have. A.J. Brown, who, again, it was a tough play, but it was a catchable ball. And then you have Quez Watkins, who catches the ball and just, you know, doesn't secure the ball while getting up and fumbles. So now we got to think, you know, in Jalen's mind, what is you know, what is he kind of thinking in terms of that deep ball? Are we still going to trust our receivers to, you know, get the long ball going or kind of regress from that?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I agree. Uh, I'm going to keep this short and brief because there's not much to say because he's all – I already said everything. All I'm going to say is Nick better get his head out of his ass and run the fucking ball. Jalen Hurts was the only player to show up 100% in the game Monday night. Eagles win. And the Eagles know they have to win because now after this game, we're going to be playing an Aaron Jones and a Green Bay Packers team with 10 days rest. So they're going to be coming to the link for a Sunday night game off a 10 days rest, getting healthy, getting ready, and that's not going to be an easy game. So, I mean, the Birds got to make a statement this game after losing like, after playing like that and losing against Washington. I want to see if, like, again, me and Derek said we're going to see four quarters against Washington. We didn't even see fucking one quarter, it seemed like. And this is a game that against a team, like like you keep saying with these bounce back games, I'm not saying that Eagles have a big – have to bounce back from anything crazy. But they have to bounce back from that horrible game Monday night. And if any team that they're going to bounce back with the remaining of the, the season right now, it's this team right here against the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm with you guys. I do think it's a double-digit win. I think it's like a 30-20 to 20 game. With Jake Elliott actually making a couple field goals for Rise fantasy team, by the way.
0: Yeah, I'm playing another fucking Flynn. It's like I can't get away from these Flynn's. I played Richie. I played you. I played Tim. It's like, what the hell? Get me away from these fucking flins. All right, Tom, what's our next game, bro?
2: Yeah, so this is the Panthers' rest of Ravens. I'm going to keep this short. Again, I'm going to keep this brief. This is a fucking terrible game to watch. With mm-hmm. Listen, Ravens, Ravens are coming off a much-needed bye week <clears throat> so they can get a couple guys healthy. Panthers are coming off a nice 10-day rest where they beat the Atlanta Falcons 25-15. Good call on that, Derek, by the way. The key for the Panthers' success is to run the ball with De- with Deonta Deont- Deont- Foreman. Just run the rock. Keep Lamar off the field, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen this game. <clears throat> the Panthers are going up against the NFL's third-ranked defense against the run, only allowing 92 rushing yards a game. Hmm. With Mark Andrews back and how expo- how explosive Lamar is playing – they're going to be too much for PJ Walker and and the Panthers. It's going to be a long day for Carolina and the Ravens are going to stay hot at home and win the game big. The Ravens are going to win this the Ravens are going to win this game 37-17. And they all, there's only two players to watch out for and that's Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. Fuck, I don't know if hmm. any there's nobody to watch on the Panthers.
0: I think that there absolutely is somebody to watch on the Panthers. But D, go ahead, bro. Um, so again,
1: I just think this is a slob best of a game.
0: I think this is this is these are
1: money games. These are nothing but money games for my man Lamar Jackson, who I've been vouching for from the beginning of the season. These are games that you beat up on teams like this so bad that the Ravens just they're they're just putting their heads down because they're thinking, "Shit, we should have paid this guy in the beginning of the season," and now he may be playing. In my opinion, his future team. I think Lamar fits in, you know, with a Panthers or, you know, a, a team in NFC South, the, the Saints, the Falcons. I think that he will fit in any of those teams. So it'll be nice to see him just ball out on his team, just to get his his checkbook each day higher and higher. And now he, you know, he has, you know, he has the Sean Jackson who's, Probably not what he used to be, but he's still a weapon, and maybe he can get that passing game going. So I, I again, I don't have much on this game. Even though know, I did, I did pick the Panthers last week, but I got to stay stay away from them this week. They're all four away, and the Ravens are two and two at home. And this is a game where the Ravens can start to build that momentum and start to you know see see their name change in the standings going forward. So I got the Ravens winning. I uh, would say about 21 to 10 or give me, give me 23 to
0: 10 23 to 10 if you went 23 to 10 you would be on you would be spot on to rotoballercoms recommend it against the spread betting pick don't ask me why I know that but it's <laughs> minus 12 and a half um I do think that the Ravens are going to absolutely fucking smash the Panthers. Um, I do think there's a player to watch for them though and that player is my guy Deontay Foreman. Tom don't fucking shake your head bro.
2: He's getting bottled up. He's
0: He doesn't get bottled up. He is a monster and he's going to keep fucking chugging this week and he's going to help me beat a Flynn because I need to beat a Flynn in fantasy. Um. Well, yeah, I got I got, I got, got the Ravens. I'll say let's go – I think the Ravens have a big game. It's like a, one of those 38s. This is where Lamar goes and puts up five touchdowns and Justin Tucker hits 17. a 60-yard a field goal. 38-17. I'll go 38-21. No, 24. Somewhere around there. A fucking lot to a little is what I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to go right into the Eagles' last two opponents – because they fucking have both kind of hurt my heart in their own little way, uh, one more than the other, but we got the commanders and the Texans. and um, the one that hurt my heart a little bit more is the team that ended the win streak of the last remaining undefeated team in the league. The commanders coming into this game flying high after they declawed our beloved birds on Monday night football to improve to their own, to, to improve to a five and five record. I don't know what the hell I was reading there, bringing them within a half game of the seven seed currently held by the 49ers. Tyler Heineke has brought new life into the Washington locker room as he has led this team to a three and one record in the absence of starter, original starter, Carson Wentz. And he's going to keep the starting job, even with Carson being cleared to return to action this week. And I think it's safe to say that as long as he don't like massively fuck this up, it's his team for the rest of the season. And I think he deserves it. Um, not only does he deserve that, but he deserves a swift kick to the dick. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> this, I'm going to curse really good. This MF, I'm going to leave it at that and try to be a little, a little, this motherfucker man, he, that celebration that he had on the rough and the passer call in real time, bro. I was, I thought this dude flopped, but then slowed down. I, I agreed that even though it was a weak call, it was the right call to make on BG. Um, and now I understand that the excitement in the... I understand the excitement in the result of that penalty, meaning that, you know, game's over. But to celebrate the way that fucking clown did, bro, you would think that this dude just threw an 80-yard touchdown pass to win a playoff game, right? This dude celebrated a game-winning penalty. A penalty. Not even a fucking... A game winning penalty like your he didn't even celebrate as much as Jordan Alvarez did when he hit that game winning three run bomb against the Phillies in game six. Sorry to fucking stab us all in the heart again. But that's what it like this dude was celebrating like he just did. Yo, that act, that short act of I'm a fucking beast. I'm the best in the world because I took a fucking penalty. Right. It's almost as good of a fucking act. As I seen from Tom trying to convince us that he did not take a provisional shot, and for that I give you the Academy Award, my brother. <laughs> um, that's all I got on this game. Both teams got a good rushing attack. Uh, at least they showed it against Philly. I think Texans got a little bit of a better rushing attack, but I don't think the Texans are going to win. My prediction is the Commanders are going to improve the six and five and are actually going to jump into a playoff spot which means somebody – one of those bottom two teams got to lose. Um, commanders, let's say Commanders 27, Texans 13. I think I think the Commanders are actually going to beat them. I, I, I think it's a late touchdown that kind of puts them up and puts it away, but 27-13 I'm going to go with.
2: So I agree with you 100%. Tyler Heineke is a clown for that. I mean, listen, I get that it ended the game and it won you the game, but to celebrate that was just a little weird. Like he just threw the fucking game winning touchdown to himself for seventy yards. He saw cel- like he literally like they just won a Super Bowl, he celebrated. No, nope, Fuck him. And to go with the Brandon Graham, like I, I agree, like it was a it was a soft it was a soft call. It is the right call with the NFL how they try to protect these fucking quarterbacks like they're fucking newborn babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, my opinion, like something like that like you go out there and play football, you're gonna get hit, stop. These flags are just flying for these quarterbacks way too much. Um, there was, I think there was a chance where Brandon Graham could have, I mean, listen, a guy, his size going that fast, trying to pull up, there is a chance he could hurt himself, but there are also chances where he could, I I thought he had the opportunity to even jump over him, Mm -hmm. like to even dive over over Tyler Heineken when he went down. Yeah. But, like, then again, like you said, for a quarterback like Tyron Heineke, but the, that was a great IQ play to even kneel the ball. Like, I can, I, I'm a, I would bet that a lot of quarterbacks would fucking throw the ball away.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, there you think that they would probably slide to the ground, which is going to really eliminate that. But, he, man, I don't even want to – I didn't even want to get into that penalty. Dylan says no, he 100% no. could have pulled out. He, Dylan
1: – Dylan, we're dads. We don't pull out. <laughs> I
0: was just about to
1: say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, Dylan, you're on the wrong show, telling somebody to pull out, bro.
2: So, like, I agree though. He could have. He could have pulled up, but there is a chance of him hurting himself. He did And it's not like he. You, you could tell how much he slowed up. It's not like he leveled. Like if he was going full speed, Tyler Honecky would have been on a stretcher heading out of the fucking link, going to fucking Presbyterian Hospital, or whatever. One's down in South Philly. Yeah. Literally, he would have been on Broad Street in an ambulance going to the hospital.
0: Hey, hey, D, uh, real quick, do you have anything on this game? And then I want to, I do, I do. I just, I just have a
1: couple things. Um, Taylor okay. Heineke is the door number one. Uh, the reason why <laughs> I say this is they recreated the Kirk Cousins on the plane with all the chains.
0: Oh yes, I seen that, bro. Which was
1: so whack. I mean, if you beat the like, uh, okay, you beat the team that was, you know, un- basically had the best record. But still, yeah. you don't recreate that unless you beat the team that he beat you guys. That's why he did that. Or no, he beat the Bills. That's why he did that. So why <laughs> are you like he? Not- he had no affiliation with, with Philadelphia whatsoever. And then mm. you're drinking Bush lights on the fucking plate. Like, are you kidding me?
3: And <laughs> that's your swag, it is
1: what it is. But remember what I told you in the beginning of the uh, – and I think it was like a couple weeks ago on a podcast. He gets paid $125,000 every time he plays the game. Yeah. So every time he's an actual quarterback. Like, he, he plays the snaps. He gets a $125,000 bonus. And what's going to kill me this week is every time – He beats a team. He gets custom sneakers made with those team colors. Mm. So to see the green, it's going to hurt me. And then he's going up against the Texans, so he's going to win again. I I just, honestly, Heineke is, I guess he's their future. I'm kind of taken back, though, how they just, they went with Carson instead of giving this kid a shot. I mean, he didn't play too badly. He was just a, you know one of those game managing quarterbacks. But again, you gotta you gotta play it. You gotta play the kid. And like I said before, um on the on the new season ticket holders on the video, he is on there. So yeah. is this a sign that he's the quarterback, you know, going forward if he wins a few games? Is he the starter next year? You know? But I do have the commanders winning again. I don't even I can't even tell you the score because they both suck.
0: But it would probably be like in the twenty, both teams have twenty. But the commanders will win. All
2: right. Yo, real quick. Uh, go ahead. uh Carson Wentz Sinks. is the NFL's version of Ben Simmons. Uh, <laughs> I think you already mentioned that. I'll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mention it every single week. They're both fucking baby shit soft and can then you got to just up. you got to say you got to say Carson Simmons. then. Or Carson's Wentz. or fucking Carson's Ben Wentz, Smith, baby, man. Benny Wentz.
0: So, what I wanted to jump into, and it's going to segue. Derek, you're up, bro. And we have the number one. Yo, did you see my boy on the field this week? My boy Pook. I did. My boy Pook was in the building. He was on the field. Now, Pook, that's his uh, comment. He threw up there. That's 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 our guy, man. We all used to work at T-Mobile together with Pook and. uh he was when I worked at Quaker Bridge, bro, I used to I was going through some shit. I was going through a rough time in my life. I was fucking I was I didn't have no money to get back and forth to work. And it was it was tough. And, and Pook, man, he he talked me through a lot of shit. He he helped me get get set up in T-Mobile and, and showed me the ways. And on days where I didn't have money to eat, Pook, man, he's not a greedy person. He made sure that that I have and I didn't even know the dude. And And Pook is not. Listen, Pook is not a little guy and Pook is not a ni- like he don't come off as a nice guy. You you see that motherfucker. I, that was my dog. And I was always kind of like, yo, Poo's kind of intimidating, bro? Like, I, <laughs> I want to fuck with him. I love him. But that's my guy. But listen, no, Pook always took care of me, man. He always he, and I want to give him a big shout out. This is he he's in here and um, it's going to segue right into his beloved Giants. D, what do you got on the uh, on the Giants game?
1: Yeah, shout out to my OG poop, but uh he ain't gonna like me this week because I like I said before, I don't believe in trap games. I don't, but I think this is a trap game for the Giants. And the reason why I'm saying this is because you got two coaches, in my opinion, who are the same guy. You got Brian DeBoe and you got Dan Campbell, and they're culture guys. So they're the guys that get the team riled up, they you know, they, they grab them by the helmet. They do all that. And the Lions actually, if if you look at how the Lions played in their first game of the season against the Eagles, you thought that they would have a better record than they have right now. But, again, we have their quarterback who's been holding them back forever, you know, who's been holding them back, Garrett Goff. But then you look on the Giants' side, and you got to think, when is Saquon going to slow down? Is this the week? Is next week the week? Because I understand the guy has tree trunks for the legs. But at some point, he's got to slow down. And the Lions, I think this is a game that they could sneak by and beat the Giants. Because I don't believe in Danny Dotson. And I think that yeah. there is predicated on the type of defense that they have. But I just think this week, I think the Lions are going to beat the Giants.
0: So, Pook said they got the better defense, and he's guaranteeing that they hold the Lions to under 20. Now, Detroit, we've talked about this. Detroit is a pretty is a pretty uh, explosive offense. There are issues on the defense. Is there a chance that they hold Detroit under 20, D?
1: There's no way that they hold Detroit under 20. I'm, I'm saying Amon Ra is going to have – or Amon Ra, however you want to say his name. He's going to have 2 this week.
0: What about this one? What about this comment?
1: I mean, again, like I said, Barkley is a horse. I mean, I would put him, like him. I'll put him and Derrick Henry in that like freak body type Russian attack guys. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If Barkley has two hundred yards this, this, this uh, game, or he has a hundred yards. Because in my opinion, they're kind of running him into the ground. I feel like they're doing what the Cowboys did to Zeke, just constantly running them, and then he just runs out of gas at the end of the season. And this is where injuries come in. And again, I I, I would never pray for guys to get injured, but this is why Barkley has been so injury-ridden because they're mm-hmm. they're they're rushing him thirty times a game. And listen, if he was on my team, I would do the same exact thing because just like I said, I think rushing attacks wins games and time of possession. wins.
0: Yeah. So. So I think I think that the this game is so hard to call, I'll be honest. Because as much as I don't trust and you you know I I don't trust in Danny Dimes, I definitely don't fucking trust Jared Goff. Um when you look at the two running backs, I like DeAndre Swift, but he don't he just don't get the Detroit don't fully commit to him. Um and Saquon is I, there's one thing I hate about Saquon it's that he's he's on the Giants outside of that bro he's uh I love Saquon just like Josh is is one of my favorite fucking quarterbacks Saquon's one of my favorite running backs I just hate that he's on the Giants um I think that the Giants have a very tough task ahead of them um I it's tough to call this game for real because they both the Giants do have the better defense and um Detroit
1: yeah I mean their defense is like smoke and mirrors though they're like
0: probably only a couple spots at least Yeah. Yeah. I could give some stats on that. Um, let me give let me give my uh let me give my prediction. I'm gonna go ahead. It's Giants and Lions. <sighs> Lions defense is way worse. Giant I, I think the Giants win. I think the Giants win. I'll go 24 20. Or I, I think 24 23. Detroit has a way of always just keeping games close. But it scares me to if I was picking score because uh You know, if I was picking a score for like a bet, I think I would go a little bit higher because these giant, I mean, these Lions games always seem to just get a little out of control late and they they put up a lot of points. But I'm going to go ahead 24 23. uh, New York Giants are going to jump to eight and two. And they're going to be tied for the second seed in the NFC because the Vikings are going to lose to the Cowboys. So I got some love for the Giants this week. Tom?
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm going with Pook. I'm taking a better defense in this game. Like Rye said, I mean, the, th- the thing with Swift is he'll go – he'll get you 60 yards on the ground, get inside the 10-yard line, and they're taking him out the game and giving it to Jamal Williams. Yep. Now, I get why they're doing that, but if I was Swift, I'd fucking hate that. Knowing that they drafted him. This is his team, but they're giving all the goal line and red zone touches to Jamal Williams. I get that he's the bigger guy, but Swift is a swiftier guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. I do think Swift has a good game. I do think you said – I'm not sure. I don't think – I do think Amron St. Brown has a good game. I don't know if he's scoring two touchdowns. But, I mean, he's a good receiver. I think he's very underrated. A lot of people don't don't watch him. I only watch him mainly because he's on my fantasy team, on multiple of my fantasy teams. Um, I do think the Giants do win, like, a 24-21 type game. Like, I, I think the Giants win by a field goal. They pull it out.
0: Okay. All right, it went, Tom. it will it will, it will okay. be
2: frigid this week too. Yeah, Detroit's coming to New York, right? Yep, it will be very it will be. Out of dome, I get that. No, I, I get that.
0: So There's a better Detroit, team
2: playing in Detroit this week.
0: I was about to say, how does that make you feel? It's like you leave your stadium to go play an away game, and now you got some other dudes sleeping in your in your locker room, not sleeping how, there. I,
2: I wonder how tickets work for that. Like, are they giving like, are they actually charging top dollar? In Detroit, yeah, I think they're I how free. That
3: it I think they're yeah, free. last
0: time they were free,
2: were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no Buffalo Bills, no fans from the Buffalo Bills are
1: gonna yeah, drive in that snow. Right, yeah, nobody's gonna be able to, they're knuckleheads. Yeah. Who knows?
0: They might just line up fucking like a hundred thousand tables and just fucking smash their way over. Yeah,
2: or it'll all be on uh bobsleds. <laughs> bobsleds. All right, so going into so you guys said. Dallas-Minnesota is one of the, is a game of the week. Here's another game of the week, and that's the Chargers versus the Chiefs.
0: Flex, baby. The
2: Chargers suck. Chargers <laughs> versus the Chiefs. Again, a division game. Anytime there's a division game, you always have a chance to win. Not, not when the Chiefs are playing. Coming into them. week 11, this is arguably the biggest game of the year for the Chargers if they want any shot at winning the NFC West. The Chargers are 5-2, and two, and two games back are the Kansas City Chiefs. With already losing to Casey on Justin Herbert's late pick six in week two, coming into, coming into the season, a lot of people thought this would be the year the Chargers take over the division. But once again, <clears throat> injuries are holding this team back. They lost all pro cornerback JC Jackson for the season. They have lost their two top receivers who barely played all year. The Chargers are once again relying on running back Austin Eckler, who started the season with only 33 carries for 80 yards and no touchdowns through the first three weeks. Since then, Eckler leads all running backs with 10 touchdowns. He also leads leads the team with 67 catches for 420 yards when you have a player like Keenan Allen on your team that just can't stay healthy. The Chargers are optimistic they will get Allen and Williams back. In order for the Chargers to win this game, they're going to have to play honest football with equal doses of run and pass. Now, the key for the Chiefs to win this game is to run the ball more than 18 times like they did in the week two matchup. Can't Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be able to throw the ball 60 times. He's
1: not. He's balled out the last two weeks. I don't think the Chargers.
2: The Chargers allow 147 rushing yards per game, ranked 30th in in the NFL, ranked 30th in the NFL in the yards per attempt, ranked dead last. The Chiefs lead the NFL in scoring at 30 points per game. So if the Chargers want to win, if the Chargers want to win, they need to keep up. With that being said, the Chiefs do enough to pull out the to pull out another close divisional game against the Chargers, winning 30 to 27. Chiefs win the game. Another close one, just like week two. They're gonna Go end dude. the Chargers season.
1: Ooh. I got the I got the Chiefs winning. Uh thirty one the 22. And I think Patty Mahomes continues to do what he does. I think it, Kadarius Tony gets going a little bit more. We'll, we'll know more of the playbook. We'll be able to get we'll, I think uh, Kadarius is going to be you know, the jet suite guy. I think he's going to be one of those guys. So I think he gets going this week. And I just think they ball out this week. And I think the Chargers are just
2: done. Not making listen, the playoffs. Done. Listen, I, I, I hope the Chargers win this game. I just can't see it happening because of injuries. Now yeah, they're injury ridden. If, if key if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams they they're back at practice. If somehow Keenan Allen and Mike Williams do play this game, the Chargers have a very good shot at winning this game. But they probably won't be 100%. Even a 50% Keenan Allen's better than Raj Josh Palmer. Yo,
0: what is with the Josh Palmer slander, bro? He
2: what, does see what, nine. he does see nine targets a game though. Bro,
0: what is it that you don't like about this dude?
2: Ever since he threw, ever since that fucking ball hit his hands and fucking, it was a, it was a fucking interception for Justin Herbert. I hate him.
0: Bro, nine catches. Dad
2: lost me a fantasy game.
0: Oh, so this <laughs> is fantasy. Okay, so um, I think that you are wrapped up in a fantasy because you said that if the Chargers lose, or that the, the, you said that the Chiefs are going to end the Chargers season. Are you saying that and Poop, Thank you, Joshua. Joshua Palmer is decent. Um, you, you think that if they lose this game, their season's over?
2: I don't think they're going to make a wild card. I don't. I don't think so. So I think the only way they make the playoffs is to win the division. You have oh. the you're, you're 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 talking about the AFC East who have all three wild card teams wrapped up. All and you three talk. Wild... Go ahead. Go ahead. Now you go. You yeah, go. but they're only they're
0: only one they're only one win away and one loss
1: away for AFC East.
2: They're the fans the fucking... this week.
0: Bro, dude, there's still the, seven. There's still seven games left. Dog, the Jets are the Jets. I know that they're a nice fucking story right now, but the Jets are the Jets, and the Patriots. We just talked about their fucking quarterbacks, in which you agreed that you don't like either of them. So yeah, but the Jets' this, head
1: coach said he's taking names dry. So watch your mouth.
0: Fuck who? Robert Sala? I st- that dude is <laughs> that dude is 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 all ripped right? Nick Sirianni was about to beat shit down his leg in that game. He was scared of South Philly Nick. Fuck out of here. The,
2: the Chargers can't stay healthy. And even with Keenan Allen back, He's go, they're not going to be able to stay healthy enough to win more games than they need.
0: So they're currently got the same record as the 7th seed with the Patriots. So even if they were to drop this game, they would fall a game, at worst, a game back. Now, the teams below them are the Broncos and the Raiders. They're not going to catch them. The next... Two teams that could challenge them or the Patriots is going to be the Bengals at five and four and the Colts at four and five. So even at five and five, they're sitting comfortably in the eight or nine <laughs> slot, only one game behind the seven slot. And and you can't, I don't think you could fucking put them out. Now, this is your squad. I'll let you, I'll let you do, you know, leave the Jets out of this. <laughs> I'll let you do whatever you want with your team, bro. But to count them out at five and five, like. You're quitting on your Chargers like that, Tom? That's that's crazy. Oh, I don't know. All right, so I have the Chiefs. I'm not going Chargers. All that being said, I'm not going Chargers. Um, all right. So last week our power rankings were were uh, pretty telling. And I just want to jump right into it this week. Uh, Last week, we'll all start at number 10, and and we'll all go, and then we'll finish out through one. Uh, Last week, I had the New York Jets at number 10. This week, they didn't do anything wrong to me. Sorry, Dylan, but they fall out of the top 10. Um, And I'm actually sliding the 49ers into that 10th spot. And the reason why I'm sliding that 49ers in is because I said, if they were to win another game, that they would be in my top five. And unfortunately, I can't bounce the Ravens um, and I can't bounce the Giants so Jets got to go who do you uh, do who do you got a number who did you have number 10 last week and who do you got now Who last week I had,
3: last
1: week I had the Seattle Seahawks at number 10 mm-hmm. this week I had the San
0: Francisco 49 Okay. We're in agreement. All right. Tom, last week you had the Chargers at number 10. Who do you got at number 10 now? And the
2: Chargers are out of my top 10. Ooh. I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys at number 10.
0: Whoa. Okay. I like it. Tell me why.
2: Just blowing that 14-point lead against one of the most struggling offenses in football. I just think there's more teams that, are, that, that just found the formula that are going to be able to put up points, and they're going to be able to beat the Cowboys, just like Minnesota this week.
0: Hmm. Okay. And Minnesota
2: beats the Cowboys. They'll be lucky to stay in my top ten.
0: Ooh, I, I I'm not too far from there. Uh, number nine last week I had the Baltimore Ravens. This week I have the Tennessee Titans at number nine. They have actually climbed into my top ten. They're sitting at six and three. They're tied for second place. Of of course, there's probably tiebreakers that bump them down. But record wise, they're sitting at second best in the NS in the AFC. And uh, I think that you know with Hill back, they deserve a crack at the top ten. D last week you had the Giants at number nine. Who do you have this week?
1: This
0: week I have the Tennessee Titans. we called each other before this, huh? (laughs) Tom, who do you think
1: I had to give love to new teams that actually deserved it?
0: I like that and I am I'm on board with that. Tom last week you had the Jets at number nine. Who's on number nine? Staying
2: at number nine. They stay undefeated on the bye week.
0: All right. Number eight last week. I rolled with the New York Giants. And I'm gonna keep the NFC East in number eight, and I'm dropping the Dallas Cowboys from number six all the way down to number eight, and that is because they fucking stink. Nah, that's because the Giants won. Um, Baltimore, Baltimore was on a buy; they didn't Dallas lost in a in terrible fashion, so they got to be penalized and for that. I drop them to number eight. D last week at number eight, you had the Ravens. Who do you got at number eight this week?
1: Number eight this week, I have the New York football Jets. Oh. and you know only reason why I'm putting them there? Because if they beat the Pats this week, they're staying there. So I'm trying I to like get ahead that. of
0: the crew. I like that, Tom. Last week, I wanted to smack some cheese on the top of your head. Um, and that was for putting the Dolphins at number eight. Who do you got at number eight this week?
2: Well, this team finally jumped in in to my top ten, and sitting at number eight is the New York Giants.
0: Ooh, tell me why. Why? Do, what do you like about the Giants to put them in your top ten?
2: Saquon's back. Saquon's healthy. Saquon's balling. Balling. The defense is balling. There. Are, I mean, Daniel Jones, like you said, I think Daniel Jones is a game manager quarterback. He's never. He's not going to outdo you in the air, but I can tell you one thing: is he can outdo you on the feet, unless you're playing against guys like Lamar but Saquon Barkley is the formula to that offense and the defense is just playing great football. They're playing stout and they're just, they're a decent football team.
0: I agree. Um, Brad is in the comments. He said the giants above the 49ers, LOL. Then the, the Niners would be favored by at least five in New York. Okay. So Brad, um, I am very high on the 49ers. I have them in the NFC championship since about two weeks ago is when I jumped on board. Um, But the reality of the whole situation here is the New York football giants are seven and two and your 49ers are five and four. And one of those losses was an 11. I think it was an 11 to 10 ugly slop fest to fucking to who did they lose to? They lost to. What the fuck was the Broncos? They lost eleven and ten to the Broncos. They lost nineteen to ten to the Bears, right? They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Rams. They beat the Panthers. They lost to the Falcons. They lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Rams.
2: They beat, beat Bones. That, that, the the, that eleven to 10 game against the Broncos. Is that what Trey Lance?
0: Uh might have been. Yeah. Week. Well, regardless, it's their team, and Trey no, Lance. I'm was with
2: team. you. I agree. I'm just saying. I think it would have been a different. Nah, who the fuck knows? Jimmy G ain't much. Ain't nothing special, but
0: now this is where I would love my boy J.O.B. here instead of Brad because he gives me more shit about. You know, I hear more shit from him about um the schedule, and when you look at the Niners' schedule, bro, it's it's. The teams that they the teams that they lost to they got some ugly fucking losses and the teams that they beat the most impressive win was was against the chargers and they i feel like they almost fucking threw that they they put themselves in a position to throw that game away with those late decisions um but regardless they are a five and four team they are trending in the right direction um i am very high on them but i am just taking it as i cannot take a 5-4 and team and stick them above a 7-2 and team in my power rankings, and you can't make me do it. Number 7. Last week, I had the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seattle Seahawks are fucking gone. They are out of my top 10, and I don't see them. As much nice things as I had to say about the Seattle Seahawks, they are gone out of my top 10 power rankings, and I don't see them returning. Um, I will slide the Baltimore Ravens from number 9 up to number 7. I think Baltimore is... Um, I think Baltimore is a a sleeper in the AFC. I don't think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl because they don't have the weapons around them, but I do I do think uh, I, I do think Baltimore's a pick. Hey, Brad, real quick before before I jump over to these guys number seven picks, you're lost to the Falcons. we had nine out of 11 starting defenders out. Um, when Carson went and I will always go back to this because he's a part of your fan base. The shit I had to listen to about Carson Wentz when he was throwing a Greg Ward and fucking Richard Rodgers from your boy. Uh, yeah, I don't give a damn about your fucking starters. I don't give a fuck. You lost the games that were put in front of you. There's a reason why they have the fourth highest odds in Vegas to win the Super Bowl. Again, future odds, I'm with you. That's a good bet, right? But right now, they need to prove it still. It's not about what is looks good on paper. It's about what you do on the field, and you guys are trending in the right direction, and you are one win away from me, putting you up a couple more spots. But until then, you got to be patient. Number seven last week, Derek. You had the New York Football Jets, who you moved up, or you moved back this week. Um, who do you got at number seven this week?
1: The New York Football Giants.
3: Oh. <laughs>
0: okay, and the reason New why York. is
1: just I I won't put them in the top five, even if they have better records than some other teams until.
0: They
1: win,
0: like, a uh, a real game. <laughs> okay. I like that. Tom, you had the Ravens at number seven last week. Who do you got there now?
2: The Baltimore Ravens.
0: All right, they stay still. Yep. No movement? You did say that, and I guess that's because of the bye week.
2: Yeah, I didn't move – I'm not going to move – I'm not, gonna move, I'm not gonna move the Jets or the Ravens.
0: All right, so number six last week I was showing love and respect to those Dallas Cowboys, but they have dropped down to eight, and they have swapped. The Giants go from eight to six. So this week I have the Giants at number six again. The record speaks for itself. Like I I can't ha- I can't justify putting Philly at the top spot, which I think I have, which I have them at, um, with their schedule, and then turn around and say, well, the Giants haven't played anybody. So the Giants are 7-2. and two. They're, they're, they're a potential landing spot for Odell. Barkley is doing his fucking thing, and the defense is, is... I mean, the defense has can be a little bit better, but they've been solid. I think that the Giants are still a team that I'm very unsure of. If I had to bet my house, I'm not probably going to bet it on the Giants. But for now, they're number six in my, in my power rankings. D, last week you had the Dolphins at six. Who do you got there now? I have the Baltimore Ravens. Nice. Okay. Ravens getting a little bit of love moving up for you. Tom, you had the 49ers ranked sixth last week. Ooh. Over the Dolphins? Over so the, the truth, Dolphins.
2: Two, two things I want to say is out of what Brad the, what Brad Davis said about missing 9-11 starters against the Falcons, they, in fact, were only missing – Five starting defensive players instead of nine. So I don't know where he's getting his stats. Eric Armstead, Nick Boza, Javon Kinlaw, Emmanuel Mosley, Jimmy Ward. And Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa, and Eric Armstead are the five players that did not play in, was it, week six against the – or week five against – or week six against the Atlanta Falcons. But with that being said, I'm going to keep the 49ers. Ooh. I don't 49ers. care if they lost six during the game. They, they, you said that they, they, they were missing nine of their eleven starters. They, in fact, were only missing five of their eleven starters. Injuries happen every day. B,
0: B, Dallas Goddard got hurt. B, on a face mask that wasn't called. B. All right, number. Hold up. Let me. I want to. I want to. This is the NFL, bro. The next man up. All right. So last week, now we're cracking the top five, and this is where. This is where it gets fun. This is where it gets interesting. Last week I had the Chiefs at number five. Here, here it is, Tom. Comments. Last week I had the Chiefs at number five. This week the Chiefs are going up, and the Buffalo Bills are going to drop to number five for me. Um, D. uh, Again, we talked a lot about why um, Josh Allen has kind of come back to earth, and the Bills are just not looking like the juggernaut that they kind of looked like before. D, last week you had the Cowboys at five, and we've already seen you 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 move them to number ten. So who do you got at number five?
1: I think I dropped them out. They're not even in my top ten anymore. The Cowboys.
0: Oh, Tom, Tom ha- okay. Uh, I was mixing up the top tens.
1: So I have the Bills, and I think that this is a critical game for the Bills. If the Bills lose this game, they're dropping out of my top ten. Ooh. It might be the biggest drop of all time.
0: Yeah, I'm – putting them towards the bottom. I don't know if they're out, but I'm definitely putting them towards the bottom. That's an aggressive move, but that would be what? Three straight losses. They would be last in the AFC East if the Patriots are able to beat the Jets. Tom, you had the same thing you had the Cowboys last week, and seeing that you you dropped them down, um, where do you see? Who do you got at number five this week? The Buffalo Bills. All right, so we all got Buffalo at number five across the board. I think it's a good spot for them. Number four last week, I had the Buffalo Bills, and I just did a swap. I moved the Bills down. I moved the Chiefs up. I got the Chiefs at number four. Um, I think the Chiefs are... Now, I think the Chiefs, they got the best record in the AFC, and I kind of teetered on the thought of, even though Miami had another impressive showing, maybe swapping them, but Miami is still getting the benefit of me from me that they have not lost with Tua at the helm. And as soon as they lose with Tua... I will move the, – if they lose, I will move the Chiefs ahead of them. But until they get a loss with that starting quarterback, I got to keep them – you know, I got to keep the Chiefs at number four, keep them at bay a little bit. Uh, number four last week, Derek, you had the Minnesota Vikings – you both had the Minnesota Vikings. So, D, you go first, and then Tom, who do you guys got at number four?
1: I got the Fins at number four.
0: You've shown some respect. Okay.
1: And I'm just predicating
2: it based off what you said. They have not lost it to. It.
0: I like it. Tom,
2: I got the lefty sensation at number four. The all Miami right. Dolphins.
0: The top fives are starting off the same. We all got bills at five. We all got Dolphins at four. Last week, um, I had now my top three is very is kind is of kind of similar. Uh, Dolphins at three. Last week, I got the Dolphins sitting at three still. Uh, Derek, last week you had the Bills at three, which you just dropped to number five. Who do you got at number three?
1: The team that beat the Bills, Minnesota
0: Vikings. Huh, okay. Tom, who do you got at three?
2: I got the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Oh, he's on board. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you got the Chiefs? At three, after having the Vikings. At, you had the Vikings at four last week.
2: Listen, watching Minnesota come off of beating Dallas and then watching them, or they're going in to beat Dallas. I meant uh, watching them beat Buffalo and then coming off the win before Buffalo. Washington. Yeah, so watching them struggle against Washington and then pulling out the win and then going into... Buffalo and literally a fucking dog fight, and just watching Justin Jefferson play, watching him do his thing, watching the Vikings defense come up clutch, watching Patrick Peterson like completely read the defense. They're like I said, they're the NFC. They're going to the NFC Championship game to play. They're, they're coming to the link to face the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game.
0: You have been you've been on that train since it fucking left the station. Um Brad said, I understand the concern. You know a healthy Niners team comes out the NFC. Can come out the NFC, and I'm on board with that. Um last week I okay again stays the same. I had number two Minnesota. They're gonna stay at number two with what they did. Um D. You had the Chiefs at number two last week, and Tom had the Bills at number two last week. Who do you guys got there?
1: The Chiefs still stay at number two.
0: Okay. The
1: Eagles stay at one. Um, depending on how bad the Chiefs beat up the Chargers, it might be one-two uh,
2: one, with the Eagles. I like it. Tom. Minnesota Bills your- at number two.
0: Nice. He's on board. And so that leaves us all with the Philadelphia Eagles at number one, which we kind of knew going in. And I want to cut to this real quick, and I don't want to cut ours short, but but it's not often that we get our, our, our listeners to put in their top ten, and I'm going to throw Brad's up there. He got number one as the Chiefs. I'm okay with people that want to put the Chiefs ahead of the Eagles. At, at the, if, if you do that, listen, the Chiefs are a powerhouse, I won't argue. Where my problem is the Buffalo Bills are six and three. The other team's eight and one, and the Buffalo Bills just lost to the team that the Eagles may look like fools. Um, the Eagles at number three, I do still respect you having us in the top three, but the 49ers at four, my team's eight and one. So for me to have them in the top five is justified. Your team is five and four. You just look like a homer. Future, I'll take that, but right now, no. And to have the fucking Buffalo Bills over the Minnesota Vikings. The team that just went into their crib and beat their asses. You got the Vikings at five, and you got the Bills at two, and you just reminded me why I never talked football with you. Dr. Seuss, (laughs) fuck with me. (laughs) Fuck with me, Dr. Seuss. What the hell? He got the Dolphins at six, Ravens at seven, Giants at eight, Jets at nine, and he got the Bengals at ten. The Bengals who who look like... Oh, shit. I guess there's a reason why uh, Bills blew the game. Alright, so no matter what you say, Bills changed the blue to loss, because whether they blew it, they gave it, they did whatever, it was an L. So the Bills lost the game at home. Another overtime game that Josh Allen can't get it done. And I hate slander in Josh Allen because I love the guy. But I will not sit here and, and, and not even as a Minnesota fan. I'm not a Minnesota fan. I fucking can't stand them. I think their fans are soft, but I want them to get the respect that I feel like they they deserve, and you're not giving it to them. You pos. I still love you though. Um, so with that, that's our that's our our, our rankings. Um, I don't we don't agree with Brad's rankings, and I'm not sure that many people will. Brad's just one of those guys. I love Brad though. Um, all right. So jumping out of that, and before we get into everyone's favorite thing, which you could catch. Right below Derek's beautiful face. Boom. The Tom Flynn lock of the week is going to come up after this. But all week we've been talking about the NFC versus the AFC East. NFC East versus the AFC East. And the reason why we talk about it is because they are the two hottest teams in football right now. The NFC East is a combined 26 and 11, while the AFC East is a combined 24 and 13, right? The NFC East has two teams with a better record than the top AFC East. Seed. The Giants are seven and two. The Eagles are eight and one. And Miami is seven and three. The NFC East is statistically the best defensive division in football, and the AFC East is second. But the AFC East is number one in points scored, so them motherfuckers can score over there. The NFC East is twenty-one and six against non-NFC. NFC East teams to where the Bill, uh, the AFC East are nineteen and eight. So the Eagle, the I'm fucking up. The Bills, Eagles, the NFC East gets the gets the advantage there, meaning that outside the division, they're winning more games. And then the current playoff spots represented by the AFC, they're four for four. So that advantage is going to go to them. But the NFC East is three for four, and Washington is now on a bubble, currently sitting alone in the eighth seed, trailing the the, the number four-ranked overall greatest Brad Davis ever, fucking San Francisco 49ers, by a half a game. So, Brad, when you think about how good your team is right now, just remember that the Commanders, the Washington Foreskins, are just a half game from your playoff spot. What do you guys got on the NFC East, AFC East? Which which division do you think is better?
1: Um, I would say the NFC East as of right now, just because again, uh, you put AFC, you put AFC teams in front of them, they beat them. You put NFC teams in front of them, you beat them. They beat each other, and they're already the best division in, in the you know, NFL right now. So I would have to stick with them. And just because again, our any any team in our division can beat basically any team in any division right
3: now.
0: Yeah.
1: So I would put them ahead of
2: the AFC East issue.
0: Tom, what you got?
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna put the NFC East ahead, and that's solely because again, I'm a guy that loves the trenches, I'm a guy that loves running the rock, and I'm taking the NFC East running backs all day, every day, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. 366 on leap year over the AFC East. I mean, you're looking at – a. I mean, Saquon Barkley is arguably better than every running back in the AFC in the AFC East himself, just himself. And mm-hmm. that's not accounted for Tony Pollard, Brian Robinson, uh, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders. Um, Right there alone, I think the NFC East is the better division when it comes to winning games. If, if they're head-to-head when it comes to winning games – they, the NFC East could just
3: run the rock all day, all day, all day. All gay. <laughs> I'm I heard all you. All day. T-
2: I'm gay. All gay. <laughs> all gay.
0: fucking day. All gay. Oh all all baby. Doing gay. All right. So we're all in agreement. In which I kind of thought, and and I do try to give unbiased opinions, as I know you two do. But the NFC East has just got they got the advantage in the records. They got the and again we don't give a fuck about schedules. Okay, we, you play the schedule that's ahead of you. Um, and the only teams that's beating us in the NFC East are ourselves. Like like uh you know what, I'm going to keep that one to myself. We are beating ourselves. All right. Our everyone's favorite segment of our show and I'm going to fucking put it up and take it off a couple times. The Tom Flynn lock of the week. He wouldn't tell us anything. He's kept it hidden from us, but now he's ready to fill your pockets. Tom, give us the Tom Flynn lock of the
2: week. So I'm going to I'm going to ride with the hot defense led by a rookie cornerback heading into a very another another cold area heading into a division game. That's going to go in. They're going to upset the New England Patriots. They're going to win outright. This is a statement game for the Jets to tell that they're they're legit in this division. I think Max Jones ain't going to know what to do. I think so- Sauce is going gra- to Sauce is going to get an interception this week. I'm taking the Jets of New York plus three and a half, but I'm taking them out right also.
1: Ooh, oh, sprinkle on no. money line money, money line sprinkles.
2: The that dogs are howling. The dogs are lock of the week.
0: <laughs> that is aggressive. That is mighty aggressive. D, what do you think about the Tom Flynn lock of the week? I love it. I'm right. I'm on board with you, Tom. Uh, it looks like some
1: people aren't. They they already know the jinx is in, the fix is in. Once you go with a team, they usually lose. Even though you uh, last week you lined a lot of people's pockets with money. And I think you're going to do the same this week, brother, because the Jets are going to win outright, baby. We don't even need the points. We don't need the
0: points. We don't need the points. So, I know you lined some pockets last week, and my boy Tom is back on Venmo. If he lined your pockets, hit him up. Nah, we don't want no money, but if he lined your pockets, (laughs) throw us a like, a follow, and subscribe because that boy is getting you paid. Speaking of beating yourself, over to you, Tom. (laughs) That was a good one.
1: Uh, hey Tom, so what, what's your record on Lock of the Week? One and one. One and one.
0: Tom, uh, look at the look at the comment coming in from he, Dylan Whipper
2: Yes. Yeah, oh, give fuck, Tom! Don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: you're gonna thank me come five come four thirty Sunday afternoon when it's like fucking midnight your time.
1: Well, now seven thirty. Everybody tune in seven thirty p.m. That's, Eastern uh, Standard Time on Sunday night.
0: Yes, nice plug, Derek. Oh, and next week's um next week's show is not going to be on Thursday. We will get you a schedule, um. But just a heads up, it's not going to be on Thursday, so you guys don't have to watch our our beautiful ugly fucking fat faces while you're stuffing your fat face. We'll get you on Friday or Wednesday. Um, D, do you have any fantasy advice for us this week?
1: Again, like I said, a moan raw. I'm taking it. If Derek Carr is out there in the league and your quarterback is, you know, not doing too well, or I'm telling you, pick him up. This is going to be a big game. David Carr is staying home, and Derek Carr, with a real Derek Carr, please stand up. He's going to ball out. Devontae Adams, look for him to have a, a big game, and a little sleeper. If you need a flex player,
2: plug in Mac Hollins. Oh. Mac, so Devontae, so Devontae Adams and Mac Collins? Yeah, the Mac is back. The Mac oh. is back. Hopefully, whoever had Christian Watson started him again today. And also, just um,
1: I look for AJ Brown to have a uh, bounce back game as well as Sanders, and that's all I really got. All
0: right, so I'm gonna go. Now, last week, my parlay of the week, it missed by one leg. I had Tampa, money line. I had um, Detroit in the points. And then I think I had Denver, and I think Denver fucked me. So, this week, and I'm not going obvious picks. I'm trying to give us a nice little, you know, maybe like a $280 plus um, odds to go win some money. I'm going to take the Bears plus three. I'm going to take the Steelers plus 3.5. So, that's Chicago- Uh, plus three against – I had it written down on my notes and I don't have it in front of me. Drawing a blank. Um, Chicago is playing the Falcons. I got Chicago plus three against the Falcons. I got the Eagles minus 6.5 against the Colts. And I got the Steelers with the points against the Bengals. Our game picks are going to be – I think I have them written down. That That was by who did what game um so we will keep track we will release them and uh this has been this has been a hell of a show this this is this is what we want the comments i mean the comments that we got on here man it's we haven't had this type of activity we've kept the viewers the whole time um and you guys man you guys fucking killed it on our last video our last video i was having uh editing issues and it didn't come out until Tuesday morning. So we missed Sunday night. We missed Monday and some of Tuesday morning opportunity for you guys to run it up. Right. And we still that was our highest performing episode. And it's because of you guys. And we thank you. And we're, we're just having fun doing this. And this 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 shit, this interaction. Get us while we're live. Talk to us. Ask us the questions and let us answer it right here. We appreciate everybody. Boys, do you got anything you want to sign out with?
1: Now I just thank everybody, like, subscribe, share, running
2: numbers up. Keep tuning in.
0: Absolutely. T. Grizzly.
2: Follow off of Derek, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok. Get it Tom, going. We're going get- give- to have some nice giveaways soon. And just remember the New York Jets.
0: Tom Flynn, Lock of the Week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. At 7.30 on Sunday. Catch us. We are out, and as always, we will mumble into the mics until the broadcast ends. Peace out, everybody.